Hi, Tom. Hi, Steve. You guys are so funny. Have a great show. It's totally wicked. Yeah, you ready? <clears throat> I'm ready. You ready? All right, thumbs up from everybody. Okay, everybody, welcome to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom Witham. I'm Steve Piles. And today we have a special guest with us. Would you like to introduce yourself, Rob? Sure. I'm Rob Patton. Rob is the, uh, he's the icing to our cake. We're too late if... cake and he's <laughs> fills the gaps. He completes us. <laughs> Rob is uh, Rob's our friend from work that uh, did the escape room with us. As you may remember, yes, if you are a fan, if you listen to the escape room episode, you, you know uh, you guys have mentioned me in that, I guess, and I still have yet to make it that far to listen to it. So I've oh, let well. you down, let you down a little bit, but no, oh, no, no. I mean, uh, no, I feel hurt. Oh, you do? Okay, a little I, bit. I'll stand with you. We'll we'll be hurt together. <laughs> Damn you, Rob. Uh, it doesn't matter that you were there. You have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I'm we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk today about the movie Alien Covenant. Yes. Yeah, so it goes without saying. Spoilers, ahoy! Yeah, we're gonna movie. spoil the shit out of this movie for everybody yeah. listening, and I, including <laughs> Rob. No, Rob saw it. Ah, oh, did yep. you? Oh, you saw it. Okay. Cool. Yes, uh, I actually managed to. Uh, drag my wife on date night oh wow to, hmm. to go ahead and and uh go see alien covenant good for her yeah she, good, she heard good sport. I, I told her i was going to be in the uh the podcast with you guys and you know covering aliens and uh told her about alien covenant which of course hmm. she hadn't heard of um but she was like well now we got to go see it uh you know lucky for me she had had a few drinks and she was ready and willing so, <laughs> good yeah yeah little uh liquid so, courage to go see a horror movie which alien covenant and like the aliens universe in general right like we're gonna cover like our we're thoughts gonna, about the entire franchise we'll start from the beginning and we'll uh we'll cover as much as we can because i okay, really this is a topic very near and dear to my heart because i love this franchise yeah, I wanted same. to try an experiment, if you guys don't mind. I uh-huh. want to see what happens. Take the clothes so, off. <laughs> well, that's not an experiment. That's just Saturday night. Yeah. But uh, you think I'm sitting here with my pants on. I am not. Just saying. But, okay, so, now that everybody's <laughs> disturbed, I wanted to try this. At the count of three, we've uh, we've said this in the past, and I think this is not a, a, um, a surprise to anybody, but the our favorite movie from this franchise, all three of us, has got to be Aliens. Yes. Second, yes. I agree. Yes. So, at the count of three, I want all... Yes, exactly. I want all three of us to say the name of our favorite character from Aliens. And this is non-rehearsed, and I think it's going to go the way... I think we're all going to say the same name. I want to see if that happens. So, we're going to go one, two, three, and then go? I'm going to say one, two, three, and then we say the name of our favorite character from Aliens. Okay. All right. Yeah. One, two, three. Hudson. Hudson. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I thought but, that was going to happen. So yeah, uh, I I almost said Hicks just because nah. I knew that's where it was going. <laughs> but Rob, I I totally and completely did not want to let you down, man. With that Facebook post. Oh, I I loved the uh, the Facebook post because I knew that either you or Steve would yeah pick up on that and throw something out there. I'm glad that you responded. Yeah, uh, well, with I actually clicked on the comments because I was sure somebody would have said it. If you don't know what we're talking about, Steve. Yeah, uh, 
uh, he posted a pic, a video of him burning some uh, caterpillars out of a tree, and huh. it said it said another bug hunt. <laughs> and so, like, I was reading no the comments, like, oh my god, nobody said anything about aliens. So I had to go make a meme of uh, Hudson <laughs> saying, "How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit?" <laughs> no, it, it was perfect. It yeah. was absolutely perfect. <clears throat> nice. Well, I didn't want to let you down because I knew that was the intention. I don't. Yes. I don't. I don't Facebook enough. It. Yeah. See, see, that's what you miss. That's why my wife is becoming friends with. That's why. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg's not liking my post. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you missed earlier. So my (laughs) wife came downstairs and she had tweeted something because Mark Zuckerberg is in Maine today. Yeah. Uh And uh, so he she tweeted something and he liked her tweet or I don't know. It was one of those things where, you know, she gets. She gets celebrities to retweet her. She gets celebrities to click like and all that stuff because, I mean, she goes to their, she actively goes to celebrities' Twitter feeds and says stuff, and then those celebrities like it, and that's, you know, brush with fame. So uh, let me guess, uh, she's gotten a few likes or whatever from Patrick Dempsey, maybe. Oh, yeah, Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> um, you know, she does, runs the gamut of hunks, but uh, a lot of a lot of patriots. Got to be what's-her-name, too, Um What's that actress's name that she's cuckoo about? Oh. You know that Ryan Reynolds killed in that movie? Crap. (laughs) Sandra Bullock? No, no, he didn't kill Sandra Bullock. Yeah, he did. They were naked and they ran into each other and she died from a concussion. He let her go to sleep. <laughs> Didn't isn't that how that movie ended? I think so. I think Betty White helped him cover it up or something like that with lime oh. in a bathtub. Let's be brutally honest. All three of us would like to see Betty White naked at least for a second. Absolutely. Just to say I did. Yeah, just to check what's under the hood. Yeah. When when are you going to say no to something like that? <laughs> no. It could be you the worst thing ever. You could go to a leper colony and some. <laughs> <laughs> Dump them out. Dump them out. You yeah. know, opportunity. What a, send you know. nudes. Yeah. Uh, okay, aliens. Hudson. All right. Hudson's the best character. We've established that scientifically. Yeah. By well, think, uh, counting to three. I, I think when we uh, talk about Hudson, it's also he is one of the most quotable oh, characters. Yeah. You know, like, again, I put a Facebook post about another bug hunt. And Tom responded immediately with, you know, how do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? You know, <laughs> then there's, of course, you know, you can count me out. We'll yeah. put her in charge. Game you know, over. It goes on. My yeah, favorite one is, over. where's the real pretty shit now? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Perfect. My favorite one. Yeah. Who are we going to tell? When we'll, Bill uh, Paxton died, yeah. every, every meme in the world that when Bill Paxton died was, game over, man. Game over. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, so let's establish a timeline. Uh, I think that with these new movies, they have decided that, uh, it's going to be Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and then another movie, which will round out a trilogy. Yeah, but I've seen something that said the trilogy, the the next movie is supposed to take place between Prometheus and Covenant for some reason. So like a prequel sequel? Like something about what David does once he gets on that planet, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't either. I want them to keep going forward. Yes. Yeah, it needs to move forward. So let's just let's just count them out here. Uh, Prometheus, Covenant, Movie X, which may or may not take place between Prometheus and Covenant. Yeah. Then Alien, then Aliens, Alien 3, Three. and then Alien Resurrection. Yes. And then... The uh, Alien versus Predator movies are not canon. Right, because they give a background of the aliens. You know, the Predators had the aliens on Earth in the ancient past. And 
Prometheus right. destroyed that whole timeline, basically. So right. Not to say that I I enjoyed those movies, so I love still them. worth watching. Here's a question that I gotta get out before I lose it, because Steve knows very well that if I don't say something, <laughs> you will forget. <laughs> I will forget definitely. Uh, and I was I've been thinking about this a lot. Alien versus Predator. Yeah. What other franchise would you like to see coupled with Alien? So Alien versus Predator done. Alien gotta, versus what? You gotta get and actually want to talk about this later on. Funnily enough, I, but you gotta get the Dark Horse trilogy in there. Dark Horse being the comic book publisher, mm-hmm. Terminator, Alien versus oh, Terminator, yeah, versus Predator, three way. Like oh, a three way. Oh yeah, goodness, that's paper. Menage our blood. <laughs> uh, you know what I would love to see, and I know both of you, so I'm not going to get any pushback on this. I would absolutely love to see Alien versus Punisher. Oh, oh god, yes, yeah, that wow. is like that is like an erection. Yes. If you ever want to feel bad for a xenomorph, that's what you would watch. <laughs> but that's that was cruel. Oh my god! Oh, I would love to see that. I would just, and that's what I was hoping for for this movie for Covenant. I was hoping for a little bit more of the Colonial Marine style, uh, you know, sentry guns. I I want to see shells hitting the floor. I want to see like absolute oblivion. I want to see the scene in Predator. When they don't know what they're shooting at and they mow down the field, I want to see that. Oh, right, yeah. A wave of aliens, xenomorphs, just coming at them, and like we can only hold them back as much as we have ammo. And that I, uh, oh God, I want to see that so bad. Which honestly, you don't even see that much of that in Aliens, which is the closest you come to it. Like you said, Colonial Marines, but it's very sparse with the aliens because they didn't use CGI; they used practical effects. So you see. I mean, honestly, on screen, what do you see at the most? Three of them at the same time? Xenomorphs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that you don't see like a horde. Probably you, the, they imply it. They they really go right. They do a it good is, job with that, but you don't see them all at the same time. Right. The most that you get is when they're coming through the ceiling and they've got the uh, motion trackers going. Yeah. And even and, then, I just rewatched it today and I was, I was paying attention. Yeah. You see about three of them. Yeah. Seriously. But if you redid that movie, which we'll talk no. about reboots later. <laughs> no. If, if you redid that movie with CG, uh, that, that could have been epic. It could have been absolutely epic. There was... um an aliens book that came out back in the mid nineties that uh, earth hive, I think is the name of it. And it was, I don't know because I didn't read any of the comics. So I don't know if they visualized it later on, but there were several scenes in that book where they were like waves, just waves upon waves upon waves of running xenomorphs. And just, you know, I, of course I had to see it in my head because it was a book, but I, I wanted to see that in a movie. Actually, that if you think about that, it is in the Alien versus Predator movie when they do the flashback to the pyramid when the predators are you know lose control, they do show like a horde of aliens, mm-hmm. horde of xenomorphs coming at them. So, and that was a cool scene. So, hey, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. a few in that movie, my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that that's a good point too. Uh, opinions of the movies because Steve and I, when we saw the movie. <clears throat> I was really trying to process mm. when the when the credits started rolling, and I looked over at Steve, kind of like a sympathetic, like uh, that that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And Steve was like, "Wow, I was enta- entertained." So I I was still remembering Prometheus, which blew. So I yeah, I was 
pleasantly surprised by this one. I'm not going to okay. say it's the best by any means, but I yeah. did enjoy it. I did. I gave it a solid six. And by the end of this podcast, when we talk about it, I hope that my meter changes. And I hope it changes <laughs> for the better. So what do you think, Rob? What would you, where did you place it? Um, I, at best, I gave uh, Covenant a five mm. at best. And that's just, and I, I honestly think that the reason why I gave it a five is because I am such a fan of the Alien series of movies. You know, it could be, think of the most terrible actors, but if you put an alien in it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be a zero or a one. You know, um, I I left feeling almost embarrassed that I had dragged my wife to go see it. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. Well, what did she think? Did she give you any opinions afterwards? Um, she we walked out and she was like, "That was really bad." And oh. I could have been, been sleeping this whole time. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's good to see something you don't like so you know what you don't like, you know? Yeah. Well, I was hoping that maybe somebody that wasn't a fan of the genre would offer a little bit more positive of spin simply because it I mean it wasn't a bad movie per se like on the whole. It's kind of like a bad movie for an alien movie, I guess is the way I want to put it. And I, I, I've got to disagree with you. I think it was um, subpar on on all levels. Whether it was a standalone movie or in the alien genre, I I think it I think it fell flat. I think there. Well, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead here, but I I, I feel like it really dropped off. I think it dropped the ball. No, nobody in the theater. I went I went and saw it at Smitty's. And at the end of the movie, when everybody's filtering out, um, nobody there, and it was a full theater, uh, nobody looked impressed. Nobody mm-hmm. um, was talking about the movie on on your way out to filter to the cars and stuff like that. Nobody was, um, oh, the scene, that scene, or whatever. Everybody was like quiet, like they had just watched. <laughs> it, was like we, it was like we were leaving a funeral, you know? It yeah. Was, um, well, I, wanna, I feel like I should defend myself. Like I want to qualify this, and I did say this, but I want to say it again. I I'm not sitting here saying it's a great movie. It had problems, but I had just rewatched Prometheus the day before, just so I could remember what happened. And I hated Prometheus so much that this, right up as a co- comparison, was way better. So it was like a you know if somebody plops a turd down on your plate, but then just <laughs> throws a raw you know egg. The raw egg looks pretty good next to the yeah. turd. Yeah. Well. I, I think it it's worth breaking down because uh, it, it starts, the cold open is the past and they use that time to explore the creator and the created, hmm. okay? It shows David and uh, how he was introduced as new, like he just came online and he has questions and um, the, uh, like he... He plays the piano. He talks about, you know, music composition. He talks about art. He talks about, um, uh, you know, poetry and, and those types of things. And it was a colossal waste of time. Yeah. I don't, like I, I don't think, I think that that scene was set up for you to, at the end, reflect back and be like, oh, this is why he's fucking crazy. I feel it's like to remind the audience that David is a person. Like, remember this robot from the first one? He's still kicking around. All right. Right. And he's he's the first model, and his AI was too intuitive. 
that was is that the message that everybody too else got? Yeah. yeah, he was he was too human. And there was a, then you flash forward to the middle of the movie, and there are a lot of scenes between Walter and David that, um, I I guess what I'm trying to say is they wasted a lot of time with exposition on like him using the recorder. That was a recorder, right? Or, yeah, and that was. If you watch, if you rewatch Prometheus, I don't know if it's supposed to tie in or not. But the engineers use little yep. musical instruments like that themselves, like to control their ship or something like that. Yeah, like they blew well, on it to activate the computer. So I don't know if they're trying to tie that in. Well, it it featured a scene where it had um, Fassbender. It's Michael Fassbender, right? Yeah. It he played two parts, and they used trick photography to get them both in the same room to use the same recorder at the same time. Do you remember Walter was blowing in the recorder and uh, David was using the his fingers to do the fingering to make the notes, which a very if, weirdly and uncomfortably erotically charged scene. <laughs> like I was like, okay, you can not drag this out any further. Thank you. Well, okay. So they, they spent a lot of time with the camera angles and no cuts. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but yeah. that whole scene or a, a majority of that scene is there are no cuts. There are no uh, cutaways or anything like that. So you're looking at a seamless scene where these two guys, that's the same person playing two different characters on the screen, talking to each other, which if you go back 10 years, that's a remarkable thing. That like like that's a technological marvel in cinema that they were able to take the same person play two different people on screen at the same time with any cutaways. But in 2017, that's not remarkable. They did that in the Parent Trap, and that was from the 60s or something. I mean, well, no, they the Parent Trap used twins. Really, really, yeah. I did not know that. The the, the Lindsay Lohan one. Lindsay Lohan one. Lindsay Lohan one. That was from the late nineties. So. But they also used cutaways. They used Correct. like shots over the shoulder of one yes. while they're talking to the other. Like yeah, yeah. if you I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's almost like uh, a jerk off scene for Ridley Scott. He was like, Let's show the audience that we can do this. And so they had this ridiculous scene where they're using a recorder and playing this song and yada 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 and it's the same person playing two different characters and they're on screen at the same time mm-hmm. and it it just seemed like the filmmakers were like look what we can do <laughs> and i'm like yeah it's 2017 they you made an incredible hulk look real yay yeah nobody's impressed right. by this anymore right so like let's move past it but instead they spent this long period of time on that shot with no cutaways and playing the flute and well there was a lot of that though a lot of unnecessary long like i think we're thinking of the same thing at this point where like you mentioned it what did they keep going back to again and again oh the separate head the freaking head floating in that fountain did you notice times did they show that it's like it was like five times they had to show the head floating in the water. Yeah, I was expecting, you know, the last time they showed it, I expected the head to be swolled up like a like a watermelon <laughs> or something. Was, they just kept going to it, and I was like, okay, I get it. It's a head, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a head with a shocked expression. Laying in dead. A, it's a tragedy. We get it. <laughs> move on. Yeah, move on. But they nobody really reacted to that in shock or horror, did they? Like, <laughs> yeah, they, everybody just like, oh, that's a thing, huh? Okay, I'm gonna move over here. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're all dying now. All right, it's good. Uh, so, yeah. so kind of uh, what you're saying is, is that 
there's certain aspects done along in this movie where you think it's basically a a self pleasure section for yeah. Ridley Scott. Which... Look what we can do. And unfortunately, everybody who's watching it is like, okay, great. Two dudes playing a recorder together in some homoerotic session and nobody really cares. Right. You know, get it over with. Do it and get it over with, but let's move on. Right, because there was some important dialogue in that scene. The one of the one, like, I guess what I took away from it mostly was that um, David had been stranded. He was marooned on that that planet, which let's not skim over the fact that there's a planet with only one city on it. Did you bring that up yesterday, yeah, Steve? I, as soon as I, I was like, so this is the engineer's home planet, and they all live in this one city. One city. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, he's marooned in this city on this planet. And so he goes to work being an entomologist. Is that? Yeah, he, pretty he, much. He basically and, uh, just dives right in and studies bugs on Earth. Earth bugs. Well, he was studying bugs on a marooned planet. Right. Yeah. Bug hunt. Bug hunt. But I mean, that's what he like. He had moths pinned to the wall and all these species that he was studying and things like that. Which that was kind of some foreshadowing with when it was discovered that he was manipulating the DNA or, or whatever he was doing to create these xenomorphs that for some reason, uh, double in size every five seconds. <laughs> and let me say that if movies have taught me nothing else, if you ever walk into a room and somebody has like taxidermy or like an anatomical charts on the walls. Yeah. That's a red flag. That it's not <laughs> a dude you want to be around. Right. You need to be like, you know, I've seen this movie. I'm going to turn around and walk the fuck out of here. Yeah. But they established that he was into uh, entomology. Yeah. And then they established that David was an older model. Walter was the newer model. And one of the things that Walter couldn't do, that David could do, was create. But one of the things David could do was grow hair. (laughs) Yes, David could grow hair (laughs) and he could create music. Yeah. And then when he sees Walter and he's like, yeah, it's a shame you can't create music, isn't it? It's like, yeah, can we move on? Can we go to some other place? Can we go to some place where somebody's machine gunning an alien? I don't want to see this bull crap. Yes, for the love of God. Now, the scene, you know, ahead of this, but the scene in the jungle when when they're trying to get to the ship and even the scene in the ship where the, you know, the guy first, the the infected guy, the thing first pops out and it's fucking with the two women and then the one in the jungle comes after him. I, I thought that was a pretty decent horror slash action scene. Okay. I actually I, did enjoy that. I can fix that for you because yeah, all you need to do is replace the music with the Benny Hill yakety sax. That works for everything though. Well, no, I mean with the, the slipping in the blood and then the slipping in yeah. the blood again okay, yeah, you got and point. then the shooting it, shooting out the explosives. And uh, it was just like, it was like, <laughs> it was like an Abbott and Costello Keystone cops thing. It was just, you know, I understand panic and these people hadn't, they didn't know what they were getting their themselves into. Um, but, uh, one of the things I did like about that whole sequence from the moment they landed to pretty much the very end, anytime the alien species was near or present or it, it's, its presence was affecting things, there was a change in the music. Did you get that? Like there, sort of, was a, I mean, there was a very specific melody that they used 
when and it and it was maybe less a melody and more a sound effect i guess it was like a it was like a layer of sound that they used and the only thing i can kind of equate it to is like a ghost's voice hmm. like in any of these ghost movies or whatever you can almost hear the ghost voice i take it back then because i don't that does not ring a bell for me okay well this i think jerry goldsmith did the score but it was from well maybe the first 20 minutes a lot of the space stuff a lot of the stuff that's going on while they're on the ship in space is almost james horner's uh aliens score from like a copy i did notice i did notice that there were certain parts where i recognized certain tracks from the previous movies yes yeah aliens specifically james horner did the music for aliens and you can Mm -hmm. definitely hear that in the spaceship section the i'd say i'd call it the first 20 minutes of the movie then when they go planet side and the moment that guy steps on that spore and the dust comes up and goes into his ear um that uh it starts playing a, a layer of sound effect that is almost like uh like a nine inch nails style like scraping metal but it's yeah, very haunting, be, like very haunting. Yeah, it's a very haunting scraping of metal sound. And it's any time any of the xenomorph, facehugger, spore, uh, anything alien related, that sound is being played. Hmm. It's when when you eventually go back and rewatch this, because you will. I know you will. Don't lie. I didn't watch it. I did not rewatch Prometheus for five years. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, maybe when the next movie comes out, I'll rewatch this one. I'll say that. Yeah, that's that's worth taking note because it was a key. It was a, uh, it was something for the audience to. Okay, uh, something bad's about to happen. So I wanted to ask you guys if you noticed this, and I, I talked to you yesterday when we saw it. But like when we did the podcast about plot holes, I am hyper aware of plot holes at this point. Like I, I. I almost look for them. Not even just like I notice them when they happen, but I'm almost looking for them. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones to me was, you said the spores. So yep. when they're walking out in the wilderness, they step on these mushroom looking things. Yep. And the spores go and that's the black tar. Now, presumably there was no natural occurrence of the black tar before David, you know, carpet bombed them when he came on the ship. And when he carpet bombed them from the sky, he did it over the city. Yep. And hit all those engineer aliens and infected them and killed them. Okay, two questions. One, why were they out in the why is there spores out in the wilderness? And I guess you can hand wave that away and say David put them out in the wilderness, but that doesn't make any goddamn sense because why would he just Oh, here's some mushrooms. Yeah, I'll put some mushrooms over here. That it's somebody will know, come along crazy. and step on this. And then two, if the biggest concentration of the black goo was over, you know, in these saturated corpses, these, you know, the people from the Covenant were traipsing through the city without a care, you know, dodging these corpses, touching them, kicking them, doing whatever, and they weren't getting infected at all. That kills well, me. I guess like, I don't know what you guys think about that. Like, does that but, work? Is there an explanation, or did it not even bother you? Because that bothered the crap out of me. I'll tell you what I thought. I thought that. It was weird for me that he dropped the goo because when he dropped the goo and it landed and everybody kind of like Pompeii style froze in place and they turned to ash, this ashy, that to me had absolutely nothing to do with xenomorphs. Yeah, like it didn't affect them. Like none of them got. It didn't. It didn't. Monsterized. 
Right. I I pictured when in the preview when he, it shows him dropping the bombs, dropping the goo on him. I was thinking, well, every single one of those motherfuckers is a host and going to create right. a xenomorph. That I thought there was going to be. That's how it should have been. been. But that what, would have been, been a badass scene. Like a xenomorph pops out of all of them. And yeah. Spreads from that city to the rest of the world or something like that. That would have right. been really cool. But instead, yes. he drops the goo and it turns everybody into like stone monsters. It's like napalm. He so, just like napalm the city, basically. So the first occurrence of this goo is it turns people to ash. Then, in my imagination, the goo spread throughout the countryside and interacted with the natural flora and fauna, I guess. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, because they do say there's no animals or birds or anything. That's right. True. So it killed off uh, all the animals, and then whatever vegetation that was susceptible, I guess, because there was giant wheat, right? Well, that's... I think that's more of a, because in Prometheus they talk about how the humans and the engineers have the exact same DNA, so it stands to reason that they would grow the same kind of crops, have the same kind of diets. Right. But there so was, the weed would be. I think that was their previous to David coming. You know, it was just something that the engineers had. Right, but that's what I assumed at least. This goo didn't affect that. It did affect these this fungus or whatever, and just the fungus, like nothing else. You right, know, just these little spores. So. Let's work this through here. There's goo that turns people to stone. There's fungus that emits spores that once it gets into a host, which it can go through essentially any part of your skin, that then gestates into a weird xenomorph, like a more humanoid xenomorph. And then then there's face huggers. The face huggers then implant like a more traditional xenomorph, like what we've come to know well the so face huggers i think are were engineered by david yes like he was doing experiments for years yeah right but where did they come from did they come from um like they, they had to have come from somewhere did they come from the goo maybe they came from um shaw like she might have been the first like she she popped out the xenom the, the giant face hugger at the end of prometheus so maybe he used her because they show her body on the slab with yep. her chest burst open you have a feeling that she he used her as like a a basis. The first host. Yeah, something like that. So maybe that's where the first face hunters or maybe the first queen came from. I I don't know. So where is it's, that queen? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Santo eggs. <laughs> so don't trust GMOs. Yes, don't trust GMOs because uh, you know David's David's the the, the CEO. The CEO of Monsanto is so just uses all his experiments. <laughs> Would we call that a plot hole or just an unanswered question? I, I would say I think I think it was it was basically chalked up to like I think it was really just kind of really coarsely just brushed over with 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 David and his experiments. Just David made the link. David yeah. David fixed it. He did whatever he does, and they just chalked it up to that. They didn't get into the nitty gritty of the details where where you go from spores all the way to eggs or from goo to you know there's no queen to anything else like that i I think it was poorly done but i think that's the message that was behind it you're supposed to forget that in the movie aliens you watched the alien queen lay those eggs they plopped out of her (laughs) cavity right chicken or the egg or you know queen or david you know yeah one one thing i'll say and this is what always bugged me about one of the things one of the many many things that bugged me about prometheus was if they're going to build a bioweapon 
what they had. You know, these jars of goo that as soon as they touch a host, it's going to fuck them up. Mm-hmm. Was so much more efficient than we need a queen who lays eggs. Then the facehuggers come out. That implants right. an embryo. And a lot that, can go wrong with that. Right. There's a whole... St- yeah. So having this movie say that the xenomorphs and the facehuggers and all the chest purses, all the things that we know and love were just because David's fucking insane and love to tinker around and do genetic experiments. That does make some resolution to some plot holes from Prometheus. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if some of the plot holes from this movie might not be resolved in a future movie. I don't know. I'll tell you that you said something to me when we, right before the movie started, we started talking about something else, like a fan fiction theory or whatever that you would come, you had found that sounded absolutely fascinating. I was yeah, hoping the, the that Civil War thing, right? Yeah, Rob. Yeah. So Steve read this thing where a fan had come up with a theory that there were two factions of the engineers and they were having a civil war and one faction built a bioweapon that was the xenomorph and to combat that the other faction created humans that would have so, been great yeah that so the human yeah the humans are a weapon and the xenomorphs are a weapon right and that's why at the end of prometheus at one he's he's part of the whole xenomorph faction he wakes up and he recognizes humans as being the weapon or the product of his you know enemies and that's why he's just without reason or without warning just starts beating ass you know ripping the head off of david killing this one killing that one jumps in the ship to take his payload to earth and you know destroy earth that's what happens at the end of prometheus and that civil war idea which i guess technically isn't dead i mean that could still be the case yeah but that's but that civil war idea does make sense like make sense of some of that stuff right if you choose to believe that and if you look at prometheus the um the alien at the end looks different uh, really different than the aliens from the city i don't know why the engineers from the city like the one at the end is kind of oddly misshapen seems to be bigger but the ones in the city were more diverse and more, more a little human-like. more human looking yeah yeah Whatever that means. <laughs> well, I to go back to the beginning, I started this movie wanting to get to the bottom of why they were sending two gay dudes to repopulate an earth. <laughs> or, I was waiting for I was waiting for this one. <laughs> I in not to be callous or anything, but I, I don't think that that is the best use of, uh, you know, whatever method you're using to repopulate probably sending up you know homosexuals is i mean go ahead send them but you're gonna have to procreate with a female at some point they're gonna be second class citizens they're gonna be the janitors of the colony i mean like let's look at this way they go through pains to make sure every other character you know that they have a spouse yeah every other character every other major character except for the maybe that first guy that gets um infected they don't really say for sure but every every single other major character has a spouse, so the focus is definitely on procreation, and we're making a colony, and well, we need babies, and you know all that stuff. That brings up another good point that you're, as an audience, almost expected to consume the not in theaters clips that they've been feeding us. Yeah, I I almost made a tremendous mistake by avoiding Covenant uh, stuff. Not, I didn't want to read anything about it. I didn't want, I wanted to go in cold. I just, I didn't want to, I wanted it to be a pretty good surprise for me to see it because I had high expectations. And then it, you know, as time went on, I got like feverish. I wanted to see more and more about this movie. Well, then I located that clip where it shows them right before they go to hypersleep and 
they're you know they're having that moment where they're celebrating the fact that they're on their way to repopulate a planet and there's what maybe six seven maybe eight couples tops yeah about that yeah and uh, that's all they show. They don't tell you anything about the embryos. They don't tell you anything about the colonists, the 2,000 no, colonists. I had no idea. So that solved the question of how are they going to go repopulate a, a planet with these, you know, 12 people? How are they going to do that? That doesn't, I mean, I suppose you could do that, but if you're putting all your... You're going to have so much inbreeding. It would be yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you have a lot of one-eyed, blue-skinned freaks running around, right? Well, anyway, I think you. What what is the number? Fourteen. You need fourteen. No, you need like a couple hundred to have enough genetic diversity to populate it. You know, Uh, I I don't know where I heard that. Maybe it was down south. (laughs) (laughs) You only need fourteen cousins. That's all I need. You you only need (laughs) fourteen different people in order to have a or to recreate a population eh, that's probably fake but anyway um so the the cargo hold full of in stasis colonists that solved the problem of why they had gay dudes so right because they can help push <laughs> yeah they can hold the camera yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my god um so i mean that that solved it and i was okay with it i there's different and they they were not they clearly didn't want to make it a big deal. Yeah, I will give them that. They didn't try to do a social message out of it. Right. Like when one of them died, like the second one infected was one of the couple. Yeah. The other one was like, yo, baby, or, or something like that. Yeah. He, yeah, there was there was a very that was brief ex- moment of... Sentiment. So they didn't, want, they, they didn't want to make it like a, look, we were so progressive. We got gay we colonists. Had, right. And it's, I mean, it was, what, 2140? What was the year? 2104? Something like that? Uh, yeah, I think that's his... Yeah, I it think was, you're right, 2104. Yeah, I think it was 2104. You have to imagine if things progress the way they are right now, by 2104, like half no, the population. Right, yeah, like there's going to be 3% of the population right now is gay, and probably by 2104, like 30% of the population will be gay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that, I mean, I, I don't see, I, I I think the population of gay people would stay pretty steady. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, as I mean, there's probably way more gay people than they're considering as part of the three percent, simply oh. because by the you know as people drop their problems and their social, they're gonna say more, pants. The more people drop their <laughs> pants, but I mean, I'm just saying that like back in the fifties and sixties, probably you'd get a study that said one percent of the population, or or like yeah, okay, I see point five percent of the population. Yeah. Right, so people would be more comfortable about coming out of the closet and those types yeah. of things. There probably won't even be a closet to come out of by twenty one oh four. You know what I mean? It'll probably just be like, I mean, we've got preschool kids now that are identifying with a different gender, and people are fostering that. So you can imagine that's, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's completely different. But um, anyway, I, I will say that my the the questions were answered about how they could take <laughs> gay people to repopulate a planet. But that whole beginning of the movie was almost like you needed to know, you you needed to have seen the videos that they put online before the movie came out. There was a nine minute clip, I think. Yeah. Is that um, correct? And then there was like a four minute clip of their video testimonials. And there's like a couple minutes, like sequence of uh, Shaw and David flying to the engineer planet. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a two-minute clip. So there was a... I think that nine-minute clip included some stuff that was like... Uh, it included the trailer. Okay, that's what it was. That, yeah, that's right. So it, it was like a seven-minute sequence, a two-minute trailer, then like a four-minute video with the video testimonials of the before they go into stasis, and then uh, then there was a two-minute prologue, I guess. That's the best way to put it, where it showed David flying to them. <laughs> and it actually had footage from prometheus and right 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 yeah so if you didn't see that what is that uh 11 13 if you didn't see that 13 i could you could get rid of the prologue there that probably didn't matter too much but it was good 11 minutes that if you like you had to watch a pre-movie to get the full story there was a pre-movie before you watch the movie right i'm wondering is this gonna be a thing from now on like not even just the aliens like because they have a way to track this obviously on youtube how many people have watched this clip? Okay, yeah. we've got a five, ten million people watch this clip. We don't need to include this. We can cut this out of the movie and save some time. Yeah, everybody's we, enough people have seen this anyways. Like viral marketing will be a tactic for editing your movie in the future. <laughs> right, and I can see that backfiring a little bit with people not choosing to see. Like I almost missed it, honestly. Right, yeah. If I had stuck to my guns and said, "Nope, I'm not going to look at anything before the movie comes out," I totally would have missed it. Now, I probably would have seen it after the movie, but... When it I mean, has less impact. It has a much less impact. So, you know, you'll probably see it with more of the Marvel, like, like they call them the one-shots or whatever, the Marvel one-shots, where it's after the movie's over, they're showing you little tidbits. But also on the, the bonus material on the Blu-rays and the DVDs, you're getting these, like, uh, two, three-minute mini-movies that feature uh, something that happened in the background. I don't know if you saw that with uh, which one's the Battle of New York, which Avengers, uh, first Avengers, the first. Well, the, some of that alien technology, you know, they they made an emphasis that the agents of Shield swooped in and took care of all the alien technology. Oh yeah, that pops up. I mean, that pops up in the um, the Luke Cage Netflix show. Some of the alien technology got repurposed into making special right. Well, the, one of the one shots for that that's on a, a bonus on the Blu-ray is uh, a a couple a bank a, a couple use a gun an alien rifle that they found to rob a bank and but I, I guess that's irrelevant. The point I'm trying to make is they're coming up with more and more of these little snippets for you to watch that yeah are are part of it. They're you know they're canon. See, that's fine. They're canon, but they're not necessary. But this stuff from Aliens was like the entire scene. If you watch any of the the extras, it was that that that, that girl, I, the main girl, but Danielle. I already forgot her. Danielle. Okay, yeah, it shows how much I was invested with her character. <laughs> um, her name weird. Yeah, she um has a whole like you know let's raise a glass, and that girl kind of starts to choke. You know, reminiscent of Kane and Alien, and that whole scene where you know James Franco comes out in a blanket because he's sick. Like you're watching this, thinking, okay, this is important. This is gonna a be in the movie, but it's gonna be like expounded upon. And b there's this you know there's something to this. Nope, none of that was in the movie. James Franco was a blip. Yeah. You know all that I, stuff. I, I gotta interject here a little bit and kind of uh, confession. I know uh, Tom knows this, but I actually missed about the first ten minutes. Oh, that's right. I Covenant. I meant and to bring so, you up to speed on that. It, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's no, it's no problem. But I um, basically sat down and it was at a point where there had been some disaster and they shot a body off into space, and I was just sitting there going, 
well, I don't see James Franco anymore. So <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely James Franco. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to bring you back up to speed and our listeners can plug their ears if they don't want to know this, but basically what it is, is it, <laughs> it, um, there's an, there's a solar flare of some kind. It's not see, really a now, solar flare. Just a pause there. There was no explanation of that. I almost want to see was it David making that happen somehow with uh, engineer technology or that they never explained that at all. Well, what what ends up happening is the first like two or three minutes they're rolling the opening credits kind of thing over a scene of Walter who is performing maintenance on the ship. Okay, so he's he's establishing the ship. He's talking to mother, which you see that through the whole movie is the ship is like a big Siri. It's like a big iPhone. And well, mother was also the name of the computer in Alien too. Yeah, and so and father was in Resurrection. Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, it's Walter walking around performing maintenance, and then uh, it's time for them to recharge the uh, the ship, and they do that by putting these big solar sails out. And these big solar sails, uh, for some reason, are technological marvel where they make sound in outer space. Oh, wow. Where nobody can yeah. hear a scream, but everything else makes a sound. Right. So <laughs> these these sails come out, and then there's like this huge, they call it, he calls it something, like a Nova Blast or something like that. And yeah. it shakes, it just absolutely rocks the ship. And so it brings the crew out of stasis early. And it, it's pretty cool. I actually loved that scene. Yeah, because... but why does Franco's pod catch fire? I don't understand that one at all. Okay. Well, what's flammable then? Like, at best, you could say an overlord from the overlord, overload from the um, oxygen. Well, from the solar flare or something like that hit the mechanics. But what caused, like, that's the most shoddy engineering you know workmanship <laughs> like, i've ever fucking heard you'd of. why would know, that catch fire yeah you'd want to know getting into that little cocoon that it's not going to burn you you know burn <laughs> you a power you surge am i going to die oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's oh, yeah. right yeah it's uh you've got about 30 seconds to get out before we just uh <laughs> blast you. Gonna, I, I would love to see that all all the life pods and there's just like oodles of surge protectors laid out as <laughs> yeah, know, right it, yeah know. And that's part of uh, Walter's job is to go over and make sure they're all in the green. But um, <laughs> so basically they come out of stasis early and they're all puking. You know, they're chugging like this protein drink that's supposed to bring them back. And it's it's a really cool scene as far as I'm concerned. They can't get Franco's. He's the captain of the ship. They can't get his uh it, the, they can't pop the lid and they're trying they've got an actual device they actually go and like break the glass and they pull out this device and it's this thing that gives them leverage and they're trying really desperately to get it open doesn't get open he becomes a human toaster and he's dead uh along with what 14 or 20 of the colonists died yeah. um so then they take this opportunity to establish uh the second in command now becomes the captain of the ship and he is not the most confident guy. Like he's <laughs> he's got the shakes. He's nervous. The woman that is his his wife on the ship has to you know comfort him and be like, oh no, it'll be okay. Uh, you know, you just have to be nicer than you really are. He's, he's the Gorman of that crew. Seriously, yeah, yeah he's <laughs> absolutely Lieutenant Gorman. But um, so he always was an asshole. He always yes. was an asshole, <laughs> and then he blows himself up with a grenade. Uh, no. So it's slight redemption at the end, but pretty much a dick the entire way through. Yeah. Yeah. But he's 
they establish him as like he's the captain, but none of them want to follow his orders because he's a unconfident jerk. Uh, and he he kind of shows that a little bit. And then they establish he's the only one that has faith. He's the only religious person on board. It's and I he's like persecuted because he knows that's why it's what's keeping him down is because he's religious. Right. I love he, that part. I'm like, yeah, you keep thinking that. That's totally what it is. Yeah, that's right. Because they're all like faithless atheists, like. <laughs> Heathen bastards. Yeah, and he's the one guy that believes in God. So, uh, anyway, so they establish that he's the jerk leader, and then all of a sudden they find a planet that wasn't supposed to be there, and it's in, like, this perfect habitable zone around this star, and then there's a big argument about the fact... I don't know if you've, you would come in at this point. Yeah, I, I had come in. Yeah, this and this, this really, really bothered me, because... Yeah. And I know I've talked a lot here. I want to let, I want to get your opinions on that opening ten minutes. But I just wanted to say before I lose <laughs> before I lose it, uh, something that is a theme throughout all of the aliens movies, especially the the ones in the uh, you know like Alien and Aliens. Maybe not so much Alien Three, but Alien and Aliens had this love affair with uh, corporate order. Yes, I don't know if that makes any sense to you that they're all working for the company and the company has these procedures and they, and they go so far as to put that on film in such a way that everything has a manual, like everything has a procedure, like the way they flip switches, the way they push buttons. It's very orderly, very corporate, very like we're doing this for somebody else. You know, there's a corporate overlord that is going to punish us if we don't do things the way we're supposed to be doing them. And then just like every other alien movie, we have to break with the corporate rules and regulations in order to go check out a beacon. And that beacon turns out to be bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Never deviate. So I guess they had to in order to get there. But really, we're light years. Maybe not light years. I don't even know how that works in their in their universe. But they're so far away from Earth. It's all over the place. I've been I was going to let you guys. I've been been watching all the different alien movies like the last few days and their time frames for traveling here and there are just ridiculous. It has no rhyme or reason to it. Right. So I guess the point I was trying to make is that decision to go check out the other planet that just newly got discovered on a hair's breadth of information mm. was d- didn't stand with what the mi- their mission was. Well, this is why I feel like there need to be a scene because this is a plot hole. This where David says to Walter or somebody like, "Oh yeah, I totally set up this Nova event." So, because I, you know, had deep space detectors knowing when a ship was going to pass by and I needed more subjects. So I sent this event up to fuck you up and then make sure you heard the message so you would come check it out. Like that would have plugged the hole at least somewhat satisfactorily. Right. But as it stands right now, you have no, it's a, a massive, gigantic coincidence that this Nova hit them at just the right time for them to be floating around and say, oh, yeah, there's this, uh, you know, Bob Denver fucking song coming through my radio. Let's go check this shit out. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, no. there's no explanation for it at this but point. That's I, I, maybe I, it's a deleted I, scene, but yeah, no, 
I, I, I agree. It was, you know, you, you would like to chalk it up to, Oh, it was Jesus, but uh, obviously Jesus <laughs> hey, wouldn't Jesus. send you to that, that place. Um, you know, but it, it is well... very, very, very coincidental. Um, sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm not an expert on, on solar flares or anything else like that, but um, you know, they do seem not to have a real pattern, but just to have all the timing, you know, the stars really did align in this instance. Yeah. Well, and it's too coincidental. There is a scene well. with Walter on the ship explaining what happened. And it's, he says that he called it something. It was like a Nova burst or something. I can't remember. And yeah. then he, he says, there's going to be shock waves or aftershocks. We need to get out of here before that happens again, or we're going to be in for it. That he's like, he gave it that quick little. And then there was a moment that never resurfaced where Walter spoke to the captain, which I don't remember his name, but the Mr. new captain, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. He, he spoke to the new captain as if, he were being insubordinate. You remember when he says, this is, this is going to happen again or something like that. And then Walter goes, is that a question? You know? Right. Was, yeah. That's right. Like, He's like being cheeky. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, I don't, I caught that as he was trying to fit in because everybody else's sentiment was, <laughs> that's true. We okay. don't like him. So we're going to question his authority. And then Walter falls right in. And I wonder now that I realize at the end that David went on and on and on and on and on and on about how Walter was in love with Danielle. Yeah. I wonder if that was Walter sticking up for Danielle in some way, shape or form. Right, yeah, She's not happy with him. So I'm not going to be right. I want, that, that does make a little bit more sense to me now, but, but there, there was that scene where um, Walter says, like well, the guy, the captain's like, this is a sign that we were meant to find this planet. And, I think it's Walter's like, you know, this is just random. You know, this solar flare thing was random. But if they would have, like, I was telling you after the movie, like, the fact that the captain had faith meant nothing ultimately. Like, it didn't lead anywhere. It didn't do anything. This would have been a, some scene where it was a directed, purposeful event, even if it wasn't God, if it was, you know, David doing his thing, still would have, like, tied into the idea that the captain was right, that it was a sign. It just wasn't the sign, he, you know, he thought it was going to be. But they, they didn't. Like, I feel like there's a delete scene that's yeah. going to come out yeah well if we if we take a second and go back to um the original movie alien um when they're transporting ore back and they pick up on a signal yeah. um and it is it is um not only expected but it is by law that they investigate it could have been something as simple as that right they, 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 they could have had that explanation yeah right well i get they were on a mission to repopulate a planet Correct. with the colonists. And it seemed like we have a mission. We have to stay, stick to the mission, stick to the mission. And she went, so Danielle went so far as to say, like, I want to put on record that I disagree with this decision. Um, and then he says, he kind of brushes that aside. Like, well, nobody wants to get back into the stasis chambers. Hmm. Well, seven more years in a fucking stasis chamber is going to feel like two minutes. You know what, you know what I mean? Well, like, it's not, they, you know, James Franklin got cooked alive in a stasis chamber. I think they're all like gunshot. Like I kind of saw that part. I understood that. Like nobody well, wants to be in that death trap. Right. But here's the thing about the problem with Prometheus is they brought the fucking stupidest people oh on, on a mission. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, these people God. were supposed to be professionals. They were supposed to be the best of the best at their job. Like 
that company is not going to hire the type of people that are going to disobey. Like if I'm sending the most expensive spaceship on earth to go on the most important mission of human life, you know, humankind, I'm going to find these people. I'm going to vet these people that are not going to chase after a ridiculous signal that might turn out to be nothing like like that that mistake didn't need to be made in order to get them to the planet let's poke the space cobra what could go wrong yeah (laughs) so like i guess to me it would have made more sense and i didn't write the movie and i like had i had the opportunity to stand lindelof wrote that movie and he needs to fucking stop doing that yeah well if i were in that room and we were making storyboards i'd say hey for chits and giggles let's give them a solar flare and let's put them in a position where they have to go to this planet in order to conduct repairs or they have to go to this planet to do something rather than hey i know we've got to go on this like multi-quadrillion dollar you know mission with two thousand people that expect us to do the right thing you know they signed a contract not with the company so much as they signed a contract with those 2,000 people that are colonists mm. in the back. They were making a decision for them. You know, oh, what could go wrong? Well, you could crash and burn and, you know, kill all those people, and they've got no say in it. Those people signed up to go into stasis, to come out of stasis as colonists on a paradise island, or paradise planet. Yeah, exactly. Like you made this decision right. that every single one of them did not sign off on. In fact, it's going against the decision they did sign off on. Exactly. So to me, you remove all that, if you if you just simply do a solar flare and oh shit there's a wing nut that flew off that the only place we can get a repair you know we right. have to you know we're on a crash course to this planet you know it put us in the trajectory of this planet that we didn't know was there uh we're flo- we're floating here and we need we have you know, two weeks to make the repairs. And if we don't make the repairs, we're going to crash land into this planet. So, you know, give us as an audience, give us the respect of, right. You know, we, we had to go there, not, Hey, let's, let's go see what's going on. Let's go, (laughs) go knock on the doors. At least something that, uh, you know, that like they say, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat and they could have come up with something. There's, yeah, there's better. a better script out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping somewhere that there are a, you know, a director's cut or deleted scenes or something like that. And, and you can tell probably watching the movie that there are some, um, but maybe it will do this movie just a little more justice than what it had. But I, my expectations are, you know, kicking in the treads of my shoe right now. So, <laughs> well, I th- I feel like if as a movie maker, if you are c- counting on a deleted scene to close the gap of your cred- credibility, then you failed. Like you should deleted scenes are something that I add to the story, or they're deleted for a reason because they're just pointless. They're not something like like what was it? Batman Superman was like, wait till the deleted scenes come out, then they'll explain all this stupid bullshit. No, you've you missed your opportunity. I have not seen one single deleted scene from the Batman Superman movie because the original run, theatrical run was such crap that it's like you I'm sorry, you can't redeem yourself. Fuck you. You had your chance. I paid yeah, my no. money. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I I would like to think, well, having watched this movie, that that it is full of holes. It is it is like a piece of Swiss cheese, and I have very low standards and expectations of the people who who put this whole movie together, 
and and maybe by chance they are dumb enough to have deleted scenes or excerpts mm -hmm. that actually were, were able to explain something or piece together something make it little a little more credible um it, but it all you know again my expectations my hopes are low for anything that's going to come of this movie but again you can see who's steering the ship obviously so would you be surprised that they did something stupid and deleted an important scene my opinion is yeah, <laughs> no wouldn't be shocked at no, all not at all well um you look at some other ridley scott things like gladiator ridley scott did gladiator yeah and that was fucking awesome I was entertained. I was like, right? He also did Blade Runner, and I think that was more. I thought that was kind of overhyped, personally. Yeah. I like well, Blade Runner, but I, I also think that it, it is a very visually um, stimulating and very, again, visually you know appealing movie. And maybe you could chalk that up to another jerk off session for him. <laughs> It's always appealing to have a jerk-off session. <laughs> well, for yourself, you know. Oh, look what I did. It's right. Like right. Off on your own well, there movies. is, doing a little research for this, um, one of his movies, he paid like a little homage to Blade Runner. Uh, Alien 3, that prison planet that they're on, If you, when they pan back, some of the scenes are like same scenes they use in Blade Runner. Even though Ridley Scott didn't do Alien 3, they still did a little like homage to him or something like that. Yeah. Blade Runner. I gave, gave him a little, a little session, a little, little hand job action. You know, yeah, yeah. Together. I feel like I'm on an island with liking Alien Three. Yeah, you might because I, I re, like I said, I rewatched that today. I'm still not a fan. No, it did, it did not do it for me. That was. Uh, you're, not, you're definitely not alone. Like you, you got people out there that agree with you, but I'm no, not one of them. I'm, you're, you're not alone, Tom. I'm, I'm with you. I, I do. Like Alien 3, of course it's not, you know, it does not compare to Aliens or even Alien. Right. Uh, but I, I do enjoy that movie, um, you know, and I, 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 I like I, that better than I like Resurrection. Yeah. I think Alien 3 suffered a little bit simply because uh, Newt and Hicks were dead and my expectation was for them to be alive. And... Yeah, that was. <laughs> it was a disappointment. That was a real world. We like we can't get the actors back, so we're just going to write them off, type of right. thing. But I love the whole aspect of a prison, like being trapped in a building with an alien. That there are See, doors that open and doors that don't, and yeah. they could have done a lot better if they had weapons. You know, they were using like mop heads and you know well, shanks. I, I I'm watching it. and I see what they were doing there because they wanted to make they wanted to construct a sense of danger and doom that didn't have weapon like if they would if somebody would have had you know a rifle a shotgun something like that they could have just lied and wait they could have given it to ripley and had her wander the halls and since the thing wasn't going to kill her because she had the queen in her she could just be like oh here you are bam done so i get what they're they're trying to like construct a good for me i didn't like alien 3 because for two reasons one the pacing was david fincher yeah it was it was slow i i was not i i, I the lulls were too low and it was a lot i remember at the time people talked about it too this is reminiscent of alien where it's a lot more atmospheric there's a lot more you know there's one alien and it's, it's more of a slash movie than a action movie which mm -hmm. i'm fine with but the difference between alien and alien 3 for me <clears throat> and this is going to sound weird considering or maybe not considering what we three do for a living but <laughs> i didn't give a shit about this thing running around killing a bunch of prisoners <laughs> true these were a bunch of guys they said like you got murderers you got rapists you got child molesters this thing's going and cleaning up, and I and the one redeeming quality is that they were, you know, religious. 
because uh, Rock was, you know, their pope or whatever. I say Rock because that's Charles Dutton's character from a weird mid-90s sitcom. But anyways, um, a <laughs> <laughs> little Easter egg for you. But, uh, yeah, so they got religion, but it was like a weird fucking crazy cult religion. So there's nothing redeemable in my eyes about these guys. So this thing's running around killing them all, and I'm like, I just don't care. I don't feel sorry that this one died or that one. I can barely tell them apart anyways because they were all, you know, white dudes with shaved heads. Fodder. Yeah, I just, yeah. like, with the Nostromo crew, you got to know them a little bit. You got to, okay, this one's a joker, this one's serious, this one's the captain, this one's the screamer, you know, whatever. You know, they all had at least a somewhat of a personality. With this, he's like, okay, that one died, I don't care. Okay, another one died that I don't care about. And so I just could not get invested with it whatsoever. And I will say the blasphemous remark, I like Resurrection better. I didn't like Resurrection oh, 3, God. but I liked it better than 3. Uh, I liked it better than three. Not the, the end with the alien hybrid uh, human baby was stupid, but uh, up until the end, it was but, not as bad. You you don't have the line item veto here when it comes to you know all the, <laughs> the alien human thing. No, that, that's part of that. You know, that's an appendage to that movie. Which cut it off. Resurrection was written by Joss Whedon, which I did not realize, and I, <laughs> I did a little research. And he even said, like, yeah, I didn't write that part. They took that. Once I gave them their scripts and the screenplay, <laughs> they took that and ran with it. That's like, I did not write a fucked up baby alien that makes out with Ripley, I think is what he said. <laughs> oh, man. I think up until that baby alien part, that, that alien resurrection was on the right path. Right. I, I liked the idea of the military being involved and trying to weaponize um the aliens and it and again we'll get back to kind of like the dark horse comic series there was there was uh, uh alien earth wars which i was hoping resurrection was going to get to uh it didn't but it was um you know again they were training or at least what they thought they were doing they thought they were training the aliens uh to obey their orders you know on the on the tops of their heads they had numbers painted on them kind of like you've seen them do with bees in a hive yeah you know, sort right. of thing and, and it really could have gone somewhere. And then, lo and behold, baby Huey alien comes out. And, <laughs> That's perfect. You know, yeah, you just. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Ripley being cloned and then having memories. I agree. They they try to hand wave that away. They say the only reason she had memories is because of the genetics of the queen inside her, because they share communal memories. So she had like, you know, like an unconscious cellular memory or something like that. It was pseudoscience bullshit, but they did try to explain it. I still don't give them that. Didn't like it. I mean, I liked it because it had some really cool scenes. Uh, I'll give it that. The the scene with uh, the aliens trapped and they have like a conversation, a telepathic conversation to kill one of them. Yeah, well, they, the one wasn't happy about it. You could tell. He's like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, let's use the acid blood of this one to escape. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. That was a great scene. I agree. That, that um, was a great scene. And, and again, not to uh, to hijack you here or anything, but the um, I was refreshed that they they did use some, some CGI, but it was also limited to when and oh. where they were doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, again, when they're when those three aliens are in there and when they're doing training and when the guy's making out with the glass and the aliens up there, and blah, 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 blah. You know, that is, you know, a, a puppet or somebody, yeah. in a suit, whatever it is. Um, and they were, they would, they would use, 
you know, a real model or puppet when they could, as opposed to, you know, some of these later movies, especially with the, the aliens vs predator and stuff like that, where you are getting inundated with the CGI. And to me, it, it, it's casting a numbness. Um, so resurrection had some of that. I know alien three too much. Again, I, I agree. You, you, you get yeah. numb to it, you know? Um, well, well, alien three, and maybe because I, when I rewatch, I, I, I'm thinking I really only saw it the one time in the theater, and that was back in like '92. I didn't notice back then. I've noticed it now. The CGI in Alien Three was god awful. Yes, yeah. like it made the movie visually worse than Alien or Aliens, and they used too much of it. Anytime they showed a full-on shot of the creature, it was a CGI and it was just terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Alien I'll Resurrection. That. Did a little bit, and, it was, and some of the CGI was bad. But you're right; where they could, they did a lot okay. of practical effects. All right, so there might have been some bad CGI in Alien Three that showed the full, but in Resurrection they had a CGI basketball that flew into a hoop. Nope. That, what? That was real. I looked it up. No. She no. Practiced and practiced when she walked away and threw it over her shoulder. She she practiced that Sigourney Weaver, and she did it like on the sixth take or something like that. Oh, and then she I, told like some reporter that that was like. One of the greatest moments of her life. I don't that was real. It. I don't believe she it. She totally, she totally did that for real. I'm gonna believe yep, that. that was, I'm gonna believe that, that. was totally real. Like Sigourney Weaver wanted to make it like a real thing. I'm gonna have to watch the commentary now <laughs> because I could. I would swear that that was like cheesy, like CGI. Let's have her throw this basketball and show up. The... Well, that, she's a professional, man. Yeah. That's what I thought too, though, because I just watched uh, Alien Resurrection uh, just last night. You know, brushing up on some of my yeah. stuff here, and I remember seeing that scene, and clearly the basketball goes, you know, out of the shot. Yeah, figured, which is always know, a sign. Uh, yeah, you know, but there's, there's some dwarf duct taped to the ceiling who catches it. And there's <laughs> dwarf duct taped over there and drops. Always it a it, dwarf. You know? <laughs> right, you've got to be a dwarf. Midgets know? and horses. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. Uh but yeah, okay, I'll, okay, I'll say this. According to the internet, <laughs> well, the internet, <laughs> it's a real. It, she practiced and got out of the sixth take, and that was a real thing. Are you insinuating that the internet has false information? I'm not. Maybe I was just trying to give you guys an out, but <laughs> no, I I would have sworn that that was trickery. Yeah. That was absolute fakery. One thing I'll say about, and it's kind of dashed by, because I told you this yesterday after the, we saw the movie, was uh, Covenant did have one distinction, to the best of my knowledge. I feel like every podcast that we should have was what I call the pervert corner, where I okay. talk about... <laughs> hey, hey, kids, let's go to pervert corner. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Uncle Steve okay, so the pervert corner. Yeah, you, you guys should play some ice cream truck music or something. <laughs> that wouldn't be creepy at all. Yeah. But, um... Right. Hey, what's going on? What's going on at Pervert Corner? In Pervert Corner today, we're going to talk about nipples. Ah, the girl in the shower at the end of Covenant um, that flashed a little booby at the screen. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge, I thought she was that was the first booby ever flashed in the Alien franchise, in and any that, of the movies. Right. And the only thing, the closest I can think of is in Alien when she's in her underwear and she's climbing into the space suit at the end and you can see her nips through the t-shirt. That's right, probably that's still, it's no, still wait, a Wait a second. Wasn't in uh, Resurrection when yep. they're looking at all the clones? Yep. And they're all distorted. <laughs> There's some nip right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a fucked yeah. up alien clone nip. Like I said, I was like, oh, I thought maybe that one girl was the only one. Nope. There's some screwy clone Ripley Sigourney Weaver nipple action going on for a lot. Like it was zoomed right in on that shit. 
So, so uh, like, okay, so she wasn't there. the first. Yeah, you know. You know. What did, what That's did why she was saying kill me because, right. you know, her nips are all chafed and stuff. <laughs> you can't live that way. <laughs> what did we learn in Pervert Corner today? <laughs> Chafe lips. Chafe lips. Chafe nips. <laughs> oh, lips and nips and dick punches. <laughs> Bitches oh, and horses. Man. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so <clears throat> aliens. Ah, uh, that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> Let me uh, kind of bring it back here a little bit. With I, th- I think it's important, especially with this, with, with the aliens movie um, saga genre, whatever you want to call it, and and that is the aspect of of CGI. And this is one of my biggest issues, especially with not only the aliens movies but with modern day movies, is that with too much CGI or poorly done CGI, um, I numb out and mm-hmm. I don't feel the movie like it, like it, like they're trying to portray, um, you know, with Alien and Aliens, you know, where they did use the the, the practical effects and, and, you know, people in suits and stuff like that. At least it was, you knew that that was something there. You, you, you wouldn't sit there and go, well, that's, that's a, that's a CGI effect. Um, and kind of bringing this also back to uh, Covenant, where I was really, really not impressed with any of their the CGI that they did from any any types of outer space scenes with with their their spacecraft, the spaceships, to the uh, pale, pasty alien-like creatures running around to the actual alien itself. Um, it to me, it was all numbing. I didn't. I well, didn't think it was. I don't think it was well done. I really didn't think it was well done. I'll at say all. that a trend, a, a trend nowadays. If you're going to do an outer space movie, and even even some that aren't in outer space, the new trend <clears throat> is all maps are holograms, and they're all 3D. <laughs> and that which is we talked ahead. about, like this, the pre- Prometheus and Covenant were prequels to Alien, but somehow the technology they have access to is so much more advanced than what they had in Alien or Aliens. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's unimpressive now. Like they have yeah. to do something else to impress us. If they're going to use CGI now, it's it they have to do something more impressive than show us a shot of a spaceship from, you know, a perspective. They they that was heavy in the beginning. That was very heavy. Let's look at the outside of the spacecraft when it came to bringing out the solar flares. Uh, when they made it to the planet and they put the antennas up, um, going through the storm and stuff like that, there was a lot of, I'm going to show you this spaceship. I'm going to show you this spaceship. And back in the day, they used to create a model and then they'd show you the spaceship that way. And yeah. that was impressive. And they somehow pulled it off. Like like those first Star Destroyers in Star Wars, they yes. were very, very yes. impressive. Even to this day are impressive to look at. Yes. And they were real. And you, yeah, you get the the feel of that. You you, yeah. you know that that's an actual tangible thing. Like you right. you can't. It's when you can easily distinguish something that is that was generated on a computer. You know, right. the, there's there's a bunch yeah. of assholes standing in a field right now. You know, pretending to dodge something or hide from something, and and you're just it it's doesn't a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it lacks the texture. It lacks the feel. It, it you know you can just see right through it. And and speaking of you know when the, some of the spaceship stuff when when their landing craft was coming down to the planet. 
and you see it kind of coming down through the the mountain range and stuff and i'm sitting there going jesus this really isn't that that great and it gets close to the water and you see the the water you know kind of get blown up and i was like well that's kind of cool and then i was like it it goes through a it's really not you know it goes through a cloud there was a scene where it goes through a cloud and it puffs the cloud around did you see that yeah yeah it's it still lacked it, it was cgi is overused yeah yeah I, I would be more impressed with a modern movie that poured their time and effort into the top of the line cutting edge animatronic instead of top of the line cutting edge cgi yeah, like if they would have made this new alien movie with a guy in a suit but the suit was fucking amazing I, that would have been impressive as hell yes i agree and, and, and again at least at least you you know that that's a tangible thing when you see it as opposed to that's a graphic yeah well i one thing that i'll just just to offer a little bit of an opposing viewpoint um no you're wrong stop (laughs) well in that movie when the the white alien is standing in front of david caucasian when the when the albino (laughs) alien when the cracker was standing in front of walter and then the captain shoots it um i can't say that that was impressive but i also can't tell you if that wasn't a guy standing in a suit i mean there's good cgi I, i'm not gonna lie sometimes i'll watch cgi it's like wow that's like i mean the obvious example right now is the um rogue one with tarkin and leia which we've talked yep. about yeah but it's not i would have been more impressed if they would have poured their time and energy into getting somebody roughly the same height build and then Agreed. doing a lot of makeup a lot of prosthetics and making them look like target and leia yep that I would agree. have been so much more impressive to me yes i agree as well but again like they're they do some things now that they wouldn't have been able to do before um if they if it weren't for cgi so <clears throat> i i enjoy cgi to a degree and i'm on i'm on the same page as you guys that it's overused and somehow movies have been able to use miniatures and things like that that are very impressive i don't know if you've watched any documentaries on any of the movies that were made in the mid 90s that kind of was a hybrid where they'd use miniatures and cgi like uh the best example i can come up with is the uh, the scene in independence day where the uh space the alien spacecraft blow up the white house Oh, I have seen that. I have seen that. That's actually yeah. Really that is that is really really impressive, and that was a model that was combined with some CG, yep. and that that looked really really good. There's another one. Um, wait, wait. As an aside, isn't there some North Korean propaganda that used that footage for the yeah. White House blowing up? If I remember yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> North Korean me. CGI. My one of my favorite things in the world is North Korean CG. I love it. It is <laughs> like. Like I wish more movies were made with that kind of bonkers CGI. <laughs> so that's so good. Yeah, it's like I, I, kid... I want North Korea to last forever, just so they can keep putting about propaganda because yeah. that's the greatest. It's like the kid that learns how to like Photoshop his crappy picture under the arm of some beautiful chick. You know, <laughs> like she's holding her arm up and he sticks his, and it's like a picture of him at a party or something, and he's just like, <laughs> uh, I love that shit. Uh, uh, 
Kim Jong-un, live forever. Well, or at least whoever takes over for him continues the propaganda videos. Yes, if Let's nothing hope. else. Let's hope. Yeah. And at the very least, they could upload, you know, some video of them, you know, doing their executions with an anti-aircraft gun. I mean, do yeah. the world a favor. If that's how you're taking out right? people, right. Hey, share that, you know, instead of your, you know, 12-year-old boys doing your, your propaganda films, you know. Yeah. Dreaming of using aliens to blow up the White House. So That's pure genius. I think my final point I want to make on Alien Covenant is it it does it rehashes the android going berserk and killing the crew which is i guess at this point expected of that mm. franchise that i don't know if the message was ever like you can't trust ai you can't trust droids you can't cuz clearly you can trust bishop and aliens they did it you know he did it right yeah but he that's also wrong. not really scott like the really scott movies so far are like evil androids every one of them right and then in aliens the james cameron one she has a distrust for him the whole movie right and even goes so far as to think that he's screwed her over when in the end he saves the day Spoiler. in alien three she's like the only one he tr- like they send the model of you know the whatever bishop was modeled after the guy yeah because they know she's really into bishop like which is yeah. also it didn't ring true to me like how would they know her feelings about bishop like at what point did that get transmitted i don't know well this this also kind of gets me into a, another possible i guess uh maybe a plot hole for covenant and that's when walter and david square off and have their have their fight scene I uh I may be wrong, but wasn't isn't there like a, a ten year gap between yes. the models? Yeah. So wouldn't you think that you know uh, with all the updates and advancements in technology that the the newer model would be able to whoop the older model? Well, yeah. Doesn't Walter say at one point there's been upgrades since your time? Yes, he does. After he and Walter's he was, taller too, isn't he? I think. Uh, not that that matters, I guess. But. I'm not sure, but I do remember. You know, he was given you know what was thought to be the the finishing blow and he goes down yeah there's no explanation right but then he bounces back and i'm sitting there going okay well you know there's a 10-year gap and, and if you look at technology that we have today in between our computers and everything else 10 years is a lifetime oh yeah times mm-hmm. 10 so just imagine the research and development of that company to to improve you know make improvements so yeah you're right it's i mean he should have absolutely destroyed him. The one thing, the one thing that David might have had over Walter was he was built more for interpretation, and it's possible that he could have manipulated the situation enough to f- trick Walter. I guarantee you what they'll tell you if anybody asks you know, the creators, the scriptwriters, whoever, would be like, "Well, David was emotional, so he had the passion, he yeah. had the will to fight, yeah. you know, something like that. The, the passion to grab the knife and yeah, whatever he did. But I, I don't, I, I just think that's that's dismissing a major yeah. issue because again a 10-year advance in technology you know walter should have known what's going on behind him what's all around him what he can use for weapons what he can't use for weapons what he like just at that point you know as as opposed to a, a you know an apple 2e versus my macbook air you know <laughs> like there's there would be such a huge difference right you know so again the, that's another one of my my issues with covenant i guess another plot hole or at least as i see it yeah i agree i, I thought the same thing like there's no physical reason why 
David would come out on top. It, it kind of reminds me, like, one of my best, the favorite moments from when we watched the movie in the theater was uh, Tom leans over to me and says, what did you say? Like, do they think anybody's yeah. confused yeah. by this? Like, do yeah. they think anybody's fooled by this? Yeah. Like, when all of a sudden Walter appears and like, yeah, totally, I beat David. Let's let's go on the ship. Like, right. who did not know that was David? Like, uh, obviously. Yeah, that is, uh, that's also one of the things when my wife and I were, were walking out and I was, you know, too busy hanging my head in shame when she <laughs> turned and looked at me and said, well, gee, that wasn't predictable at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, David, and, and, oh, saw that. To, right. To kind of interject, you know, this is, this is, you know, I love my wife very much, but she's one of those people who um, during the whole movie is, if you know why is he doing that who's that guy and oh yeah why is this why is that and i yeah. sit there and i just go oh man it's you know it's, it's uh it's grueling and yeah and meanwhile she was sitting there like watching the movie with me and at one point you know we were sat in the very back so nobody could like see us or anything like that but she was yawning checking her email and just <laughs> all this other stuff and she didn't skip a beat you know we walked out of there and and yeah so when when again not to, to dumb anybody down who may may have been surprised heaven forbid you exist no, they're in dumb. World and function um but yeah yeah if my well, wife picked up on it without any explanation <laughs> i like and you're sitting there surprised well do yourself a favor right now and punch yourself right in the throat <laughs> punch yourself in the dick i like yes. the, the the one thing he one. had to do in order to take the punch he he had to <laughs> cut off his left hand so everybody would be I, fooled. yeah Whoa. and there was really there was no explanation on that either like you think robots would be a little tougher? Like, I don't know. Like, how quick could he cut off his hand? Well, I don't know. I, th- I, think, I, they cons- I, I think they consulted M. Night Shyamalan for uh, <laughs> what to how, tweet? To, how to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I, it reminded me of, which I always got a kick out of, was um, if you guys remember uh, when we went, when we invaded Iraq to take, not the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, when uh, the weapons of mass destruction and yada, yada, yada. And we were bombing iraq like like mad it was crazy we just every day they were just bombing the shit out of buildings trying to get saddam hussein trying to blow saddam hussein up and um then it was reported that he had like six or seven body doubles oh yeah Yeah. do you remember that and then and then uh they um the news reported that saddam hussein had been struck uh the building he was in had been struck by a bomb and had lost his leg it turned out to be a uh, not true report, like a you know a lot of wires got crossed and it wasn't true. But how nervous were those body doubles? <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god, that's right. Uh, uh, are you sure he lost his leg? Oh, yeah, we've got to take your leg off right now. Yeah. You're you're next in line. We're taking off the leg of this guy. You're next. Like, <laughs> fuck. Uh, what if I just put it in this box and I pretend the box I'm right. standing in front of? Yeah, just, but, just tie tie my foot up under my ass. And I'll yeah. my nope, ass. sorry, he lost his leg. You got to lose your leg too. Uh, <laughs> I, I that always made me laugh that these body doubles were just like shit, shit. Oh, oh his, yeah, his dick got blown off. And <laughs> oh man, come on! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Would they kill this motherfucker already so I could be separate? <laughs> uh, that, but yeah, he had to he had to cut his hand off, which apparently to the filmmakers was enough to fool everybody. Mm. Well, if you didn't see it, like 
when they show David, he's got that long blonde hair, and then for no explanation, he cuts it so it looks like a shaggier version of Walters. Right then and there, like, yeah, he's totally gonna replace Walter at some point. There's yeah. no two ways he about has it. To. And then, <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Come on. No. So I I, I caught on to their trickery and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I, I thought, okay, they have to do something to make the audience think, well, they no, that's that's definitely Walter. So he actually helps them kill one of his creatures. So that's, yeah, so to me, that's David going, well, there's a bigger picture here. I have to sneak onto this ship, and the best way for me to do it is to pretend that I'm one of them so they can get me back to that ship. So I have to sacrifice one of my aliens in order to get the rest of them. Yes, and, and, and talk about the sale of the century, trying to sell that shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, really, <laughs> I I can't... Did somebody actually sit there and, and really think that somebody would, would buy that? You know, like, I can't <laughs> imagine that. I sat there the whole time just going, this is full of shit. No, yeah. absolutely not. Well, he... <sighs> It, it they they do the job that they do of it to try and fool the audience actually makes them look stupid in my eyes like it belittles the audience yes. it belittles the yes. audience because because you have david that is pretending to be walter running the ship okay he's they're on the main ship there's an alien loose on the ship the aliens running around killing the the crew members that are alive so David, at this point, has control of all the doors. He could he could trap Tennessee and Danielle in one corridor, shut and lock the doors, and then be like, hey, morons, <laughs> I'm not Walter, I'm David, you're trapped, yeah. and by the way, I have all of the ship, I have all the colonists, and I have an alien, and I didn't have to go through this big charade of killing one of my creatures to prove to you, to get you to go into hypersleep so i can have this moment where i trick you like it's almost like i have to get them to trust me so much that i can lean over at the very end and say don't let the big bugs bite yeah, exactly well like you know what he might have actually again maybe coming at you with a, with a little bit of a different perspective but maybe he wanted that maybe that alien was uh expendable you know maybe he he didn't want to have everybody in hypersleep and him walking around with this pet alien for however long that they're going to be up there doing whatever maybe the embryos was the end game so yeah again if you've got a dog walking around in your spaceship for however long you gotta feed that thing you know you know maybe maybe that alien wasn't even scheduled to even make it you know well he also didn't control the aliens like like they, sh- when they showed like when the captain shot the white one that was standing there, he was slowly trying to coax it and stuff like. Like right. the aliens weren't going for him because he wasn't biological, so they couldn't implant him. But he also didn't really. He wasn't their queen, you know. He wasn't controlling them like puppets. So you're right. If this but thing was it, loose on the ship for years while they're all in hypersleep, he's gonna have to either kill it himself or find some way to corral it or control it or tame it. But he practical. He, he had okay. So two things there. One is when he's standing in front of the cracker xenomorph and the captain <laughs> shoots it, he goes bonkers because he says it was starting to trust me. Starting to. It was starting yes. to trust me. Okay, so he was uh an an android of science. Not a man of science. <laughs> he was an android of science. And was he was trying? He was experimenting. So he he was blinded by science. He was blinded. He was 
wearing his sunglasses at night. And but he had the ability to corral this thing. There was there was no reason to jettison it. There was there was absolutely no reason to fire that thing off into space and kill it. He could have trapped it in one of those corridors, just like he did could have done to Tennessee and Danielle. And then the the problem of what do I feed it? Well, that's easy. You just you just manipulate the doors so it gets to Tennessee and Danielle after their bodies after they've starved to death or you know. And then you have the alien feed on that, and then you Seven can years? eight years to get to right. that. You know. Yeah, you're gonna run out of run out of alien kibble here. Yeah. Or, but then maybe you just toss it some toss it a colonist every once in a while. He had but, he had twenty colonists that were that had died. Well, that's that's um, bad economics though, because if you're feeding colonists to one alien, those are all each colonist that can make a new alien individually. So, well, he had twenty, you know, twenty future aliens, twenty future xenomorphs. To feed one xenomorph, it's just you know. But he had he had twenty dead ones, dead colonists. Yeah, they had a bunch of because remember they fired well, the captain. They fired. Yeah, uh, yeah, but would they? I mean, wouldn't they have launched everybody? No, well, maybe not. Yeah, no, because when they launched the captain, they broke protocol. That was yeah, you're right. That was against. He's like they shouldn't have done that. that and if was, I was a colonist know. and my you know cousin Bob died, I'd want to know about it when I woke up so I could have a funeral or some shit like that. That's right. True. So they he they had the dead bodies on on a slab somewhere and i don't even know what the physiology is for an alien a xenomorph i don't even know does it have to eat every regularly does it in alien three why bother what what a what a headache you know i I yeah just it does seem like i i'm with rob on this one it it does seem too much too much work you know that that's why i i tell my wife when our dog is gone it's gone (laughs) (laughs) well i i guess my thing is is he was trying to he was trying to keep them alive like his reaction to the one getting shot because he was communicating like that to me made me think that he wanted these things alive and i I think i think that was more of more of an interruption i think that's what that was i don't yeah i was was... stroking my ego and you stopped me (laughs) exactly exactly I, i don't you know this guy when he had his grand his you know his grand scheme it was everything's expendable up until i get these embryos right up on the ship but then if he's that intelligent and he's that forward calculating what if these two dumbos don't kill it and it does stay on the ship and i can't control it why not shut it down in a corridor right now where i can control it versus why should i let these guys fuck around and trip over each other and maybe shoot each other in the faces and then all of a sudden i've got this other this alien running around that i don't have control of well now i'm picturing the yakety sax music again (laughs) see well, you, you also don't want to necessarily have that alien running around and let it go hunt down Tennessee and Danielle because what what if they do get the upper hand on the alien while they're on that that ship? But my my point is is he had all the controls at that point and yep. he could have trapped them in between two doors yep. and that was it game over for them. You could chalk it up to being a psycho, like sadistic psycho. Like I you know I want her he i guess tennessee didn't know but i want her to know in her last moments before she goes to sleep that she lost or at the very least you could say i want them to realize once they wake up all along that they've never had a chance because well, he was fuck the humans pretty much hardcore at that point you're right and plus those are those are two more bodies that can be implanted had, that he could yeah. use. 
you know, at, at that point in the game where he's on board the ship, he has his embryos, you know, there's two more bodies that he can use for his, his grand scheme. Yeah, well, fuck that alien. Right, it's expendable. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's the fucking Sylvester Stallone of this <laughs> entire series. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I guess it was like gratifying the audience at that point that he's going to put them in their stasis chambers and lean over and then say the cheesiest line, don't let the <laughs> bed right. bugs bite. I, I guess you have to do that yeah, for the audience. Right. I, I, I do think Just chill. Yeah, well, I do think a lot of that that scene plus him playing up the again. There's probably a million different ways that he could have gone about keeping that alien or letting it eat them or whatever else, but it was all all a, a tactic to use against these glue sniffing audience members, <laughs> you know, who who would sit there and go, "Oh my god, oh, yeah. I never knew, I didn't see." I think, I think it was. Again, we, we've argued the, the more intellectual standpoint of that scenario, but again, sometimes you have to to uh, play to the lowest common denominator. And yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it was maybe it was a double edged sword on this. You know, I would have. You just have I, a bad script. I mean, let's be honest. Well, let's no, say, I mean, well, I would have yeah. liked. This is how I would have liked it if if I had written the movie to that point and I could have had my way to end it. It would be that he traps them in, you know, he outs himself as now I'm David and I've trapped you. And then they use their ability to manipulate mother to then funnel the alien to him. And then it gets to him and out of virtue of, well, here's a, here's a being I'm going to destroy it. Actually, that reminds me of something. He had some kind of unexplained override for mother. Remember he said, use David code, blah, 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 to do something. Right. Completely unexplained. Like, why would Mother respond to David? Oh, well, well, I'm sure after, you know, he, he you know, killed, um, you know, uh, Walter or something like that. He probably put in his USB port and downloaded some important files and hacked it or some unexplained stupid maybe, bullshit. Maybe. I mean, if he would have said, like, he would have changed his voice to Walter and said, use Walter's overrun. You know, because it that that I would have was the same. Yeah, but he said right. David specifically. That was I remember thinking like, why would Mother respond to that at all? That doesn't yeah, make any sense. Maybe it's okay. some Waylon Yutani override because he was the first, so he can control all the right. Like he's all the, the computers, the one. But was Covenant even Waylon Yutani? Did they even say? I didn't. I don't recall Waylon Yutani coming up. Well, they the at the very beginning when uh, David is waking up. That was uh, Mr. Whalen Yutani, right? That was his creator. Yeah, the the pre. Yeah, that was Whalen. Yeah, that was Whalen, and he even says towards the end that he was there when Whalen died, and like he felt pity for him because he was just a shell of his former self or something. Right, the androids were built by Whalen, but the androids were. But was the actual Covenant ship a Whalen Yutani endeavor? You know, like was it? I I didn't sponsor it. The logo. I I don't know. I don't remember seeing the logo, but uh, that's that's a very interesting point. That that, would have been nice because it would or it could have been tied back into. what you were saying earlier, Tom, about, you know, the, the corporate overlord and the policy and procedure and, and all that stuff. It kind of would have actually been a nice homage back towards, you know, Alien and Aliens, and even at the end, Alien 3. Yeah. I, I, even, even the Alien Predator movie, 
tell you the truth. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Although I guess in what was it, Alien Resurrections, that kind of hand waved away. It's like, oh, Will and Yutani, they went out of business decades ago. And then that was it. <laughs> I have, uh, I've found on Screen Rant, don't know how how good of information it is, but it does say, uh, while the Whalen Corporation was the organization that backed the Prometheus vessel and crew's expedition to the moon LV-223 in Scott's previous film, the first image from Covenant confirms that the famous Whalen yutani Corporation is the company that funds the Covenant's mission. Oh, okay. That's from Screen Rant, and this That's was probably legit. I mean, an doesn't... article written before the movie came out, so... Oh, no, uh, here's a, a screen image. They have a screen grab and <laughs> internet ads. I love them. They're my favorite thing ever. Do you get the uh, full screen one that you can't get rid of? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a patch on one of their like landing outfits. It says Building Better Worlds Covenant. And then below that, it says Whalen yutani mm. So, and that it's right, like. That was right in the beginning. Yeah, it's an official Twitter image from the Alien Covenant Twitter feed. And it says the mission begins, Alien Covenant, and uh, it's got a it's a picture of the patch, and it says Whalen Yutani. So, well, right. well, I miss I miss that part. <laughs> I I personally feel like we're I hate to say this, but I feel like we're beating the dead horse at this point. Like I wanted, I don't know, I I felt like we should move on to like other parts of the franchise. Just well, how about how about this? Let's let's take Alien Covenant as its its own separate movie and let's just do a basic um you know we've all we've all kind of graded it as far as what we think on the on the one to ten yeah. scale um but would would you again let's take star wars for example uh i myself don't in, include any of the prequels when when i think about the star wars movie saga you know so as far as alien covenant uh where does it stand for you guys in in the the aliens movie saga as a whole it it's for me it's ahead of prometheus and below alien 3 it would go aliens alien alien 3 covenant prometheus and then i put the alien versus predators outside that because they're not canon and they're better than they're better than the credit that they get okay. I, wait no that's not, that doesn't sound right they they <laughs> they don't get the credit <laughs> they deserve saying, yeah they don't get the credit they deserve okay but they're not okay. canon i don't know i would put aliens let's see i would say aliens alien like like tom I just, I could not get behind Alien 3. I just, I don't know. I found myself way too bored by it. So I would honestly put Alien, Aliens, Resurrection, then, I hate to say it, but Covenant, then Alien 3, then Prometheus, because I, oh, I fucking hate Prometheus. I forgot all about Resurrection. I'd I was going to say, I was going to say you guys have left out Resurrection. I'd there. put Resurrection above Prometheus and below Covenant. Whoa, okay. Yeah. No, I put a, I would put Resurrection above Covenant. Yeah. Wait, would I? Did I say that? Yeah, I would put above Covenant, but I put Covenant above 3, because I just did not like 3. I, did, I really didn't. I tried. I rewatched it. I just like, nope, I can't get behind this. It I will say... I went Lannister doing his thing. I, I, I'll say that... Um, I was entertained by this movie. I'm not going to shit on it so much as to say that I didn't enjoy the movie because, again, it's still better than half the fucking shit that's out there. Oh, God, yeah. And I and, and something I do want to qualify by saying, I can't wait to watch this with the commentary. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever the third one they're going to do is. Like, if it, even if it's a shoehorn between the two movies mm -hmm. or like a continuation, which is what I hope. I'm intrigued enough with the whole saga of the engineers and david with the plot holes and everything that i still want to see where it ends up honestly what well, about you I, rob I, how do you rank them 
Um, I, w- I would go, you know, Aliens, Alien, um, I, Alien 3, um, Alien Resurrection, uh, then Covenant, and then Prometheus, if you have to throw it in there. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's how I would go. It barely uh, counts. <laughs> it, you know, Prometheus, uh, I think we all agree, was kind of a struggle. Um, Fucking I, Damon Lindelof. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but but honestly, with with Covenant, I wish they just had not done it at all. I th- mm-hmm. I, I think it could have been done a million different ways better. Mm-hmm. It would have been really simple. Oh, definitely. You know, and and it's you know, I think we're all kind of in the same boat. You know, we grew up with the the Alien movies. I'm emotionally uh, vested into it, you know, from comic books and the movies, everything like that. So then when there's a disappointment that comes out, I, I take it quite personally, as much as I wanted to love uh, Covenant and Prometheus, you know, I just, I just really can't, you know, I would say if, if the only movies you had seen were Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and even, I'll even throw it in there, Resurrection, I would say just don't even stop. bother with, yeah, <laughs> stop quit quit while you're ahead exactly mm-hmm. you know well i mean and there's such a wealth of the the well is huge as far as the comics and the books like there's so much that you could do pull from that even if you wanted to tell a different story like some we got like this hybrid apocalypse now thing where these people trek to find a crazy guy that ends up you know being super duper fucking crazy i mean e- whatever story you wanted to tell there you could you could do and use so much of the comics yeah i mean your 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 script is it's already written you know all you have to do is pull out one of these comic books and they're again you know maybe i have my blinders on but um you know through the the late 80s early 90s uh, all the comic books that i collected that were aliens and predator and whatnot you can you can take a set of those that series of comics whether it was one through four or one through ten or whatever it was and and you you are given an excellent script where you just follow it that's all you got to do is follow it and you know, even if you made the same errors that I think that Covenant did with with the CGI and all that other stuff, I I think you'll still be in tune with with people. You know, you'll still you'll <laughs> you'll you'll pay tribute a worthy tribute to the Aliens uh, movie series. You know? Yeah, there's a. Um... I wanted to let you guys know that in a in a strike while the iron's hot type of moment, there is it's not even Dark Horse, but there's this comic book from um, Image Comics. I think it was Image back in the day. There was this comic called Stormwatch. Basically, I a super, Stormwatch. Yeah. superhero team lived on a satellite. Yeah. That regular series they rebooted after this, but the regular series ended with Stormwatch versus Aliens. I, I, I that might not be the exact title, but basically that's what it was, where the Xenomorphs crash into the satellite and all the superheroes get implanted with eggs <laughs> and yeah and the, the xenomorphs that come out of them have those heroes power uh, uh, i like that I would it was like, like i said strike while the iron's hot you yeah. would i'm not saying they could take avengers versus aliens but they could take a generic superhero you know team do a little bit of establishment work on it say you know this team is the greatest american heroes they've saved the world and then boom out of nowhere fucking alien queens and planning them and they're coming out with superpowers and shit that would because right now superheroes are still the biggest thing on the planet yeah i don't think it's gonna last forever so do it while the doing's good that would be bad fucking ass 
I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I've always wanted to see ever since the comic series that came out was alien uh, aliens, earth wars Yeah. where, you know, aliens come to earth, you know, and it is in cities and towns and, and aliens are running amok, fucking shit up. The military thinks that they can control them and defeat yeah. their enemies. And the aliens are obviously like, you know, no, that's not happening. You know, or, <laughs> you know, they, they, they march to their own beat of their queen. And so it just all blows up there's an onslaught you know something just like that would you know could could really make something mm-hmm. I, yeah i think that fans could get behind because yep. right now something I think, different I think, I think the fans are out you know to all the the alien fans out there i think you're i think when you 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 watch prometheus and you i I would expect that you were disappointed and you're going to watch covenant. And I think you're, you're going to be disappointed as well mm-hmm. um, with the, with the, this possibility of a, of the, the third prequel coming out. Well, wh- whoever's getting behind that's really, really going to need to bring their a game. It's, it's gotta be top notch everything. And I hope, I hope that if they do do it, that they look back at the mistakes that they've done with Prometheus and covenant, you know, because they're astounding i'm sure fans everywhere all the keyboard commandos out there are already you know fist fucking their keyboards with (laughs) with everything that was wrong and i hope somebody's paying attention i hope somebody's paying attention and we'll do it right and bring it around well they are incrementally better like covenant's better than prometheus so maybe the next one will be you're you're talking you're talking so so fine a margin that it's that it doesn't even it doesn't register you know when you're negative five and now you made it to a zero it's still shit (laughs) uh just for reference it uh on rotten tomatoes it's covenant has a 65 percent audience rating yes which is which is pretty i mean that's for an audience yeah that's pretty low right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Critics always. I'm actually surprised it's that high, to be honest. Yeah. Well, uh, critics review seventy three percent. Really? So critics I'm even surprised by that. I'm it's very because it's airy and intellectual, and the the nature of artificial. Like, there's the symbolism where at the end David is coughing up the the uh, facehugger Embryo. embryos. Yeah. And the reversal of embryos implanting, you know, or facehuggers implanting embryos. Though so I could see like some critics like I see what he did there. It's like modern art. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to feed into the pretentiousness of it you're going to pretend that you see something where there's nothing there well like, i mean it, it, it was the epitome of pretentious with the uh when he goes on about he tells mother to play the enter the heroes enter valhalla or i mean yeah, like God. from yeah. the get-go like everything he mentions what do you see i see uh what was the piano it was a it was a concept grand um mm. what's the piano manufacturer ah. uh, Something expensive. Uh, Stahl, not... Steinway or something. Yeah, Steinway. uh, A piece of art that is very pretentious. The chair he was sitting in was very pretentious. Then he goes over to the statue of David. And then at the end, you know, like, very pretentious. All of it. Yeah. Another another jerk off session. Poetry is quoting Byron and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, all that stuff is very much highbrow ridley scott totally and completely read too many books in between movies and was like oh i gotta put that i gotta oh i gotta put this in covenant i gotta put this in covenant and then you know it ends up being way over the heads of everybody i mean i'll admit that it was over like 
it was over my head. I don't care. I don't care about that shit. I want to see fucking sweaty braless chicks with a machine gun blowing up xenomorphs. <laughs> yes. yes, and that, that is paying, that's paying homage to the to the genre. That's that's what we yeah. want. You know, the, the right. alien came out. You know, you were you had one alien. You had the claustrophobia. You had the the coldness of um, you know being solitary and, and watching nobody being able to hear you scream. Nobody can hear you scream. All that stuff. And then and then when aliens came out. You know, it was what what people hung for you know you had multiple aliens you had the queen you had colonial marines with their phase plasma pulse rifles and pointy sticks and all that other yeah. stuff and and then it just it just got lost then you know that that's you know we're sitting here again like-minded individuals that's what we want you know Tom, Don't you get... said earlier you know you want onslaughts of aliens and just people just you know, laying down waste with their miniguns or, or whatever, you know, that's what we want. We want like the war. Right. Don't get too highbrow with your space monsters. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not the crowd that you're 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 talking about. They know? sold it. They they sold it hard that this is gonna be scary. This is a horror at its finest and it's right. like it, people are gonna jump out of their seats and hide their eyes and yeah. I well, for one, I haven't been scared by a movie in a long time, but yeah. certainly not. I, like I, I went into this with my eyes wide open. Like, please, please scare me. Show yeah. me something that's going to scare me. <laughs> what is it going to be? An alien on the other side of the glass? No, they had that head in the fountain. They they showed that so many times because oh my god, know, that scared the crap out of everybody. Yeah, the uh, shock. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Remember, there's a head in the fountain. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No. Oh, by the way, still a head in the fountain. <laughs> in case you forgot. That head's still in the fountain. Yeah, <laughs> still floating. What, what happened to that head? Where's you know that what? Oh, yeah. still in the fountain. I'm oh. telling you right now, that movie could have redeemed itself a million times over if the credits ran and like an end credit <laughs> scene was the head floating in the water. <laughs> I would have walked out of there with a hundred percent rating. Yeah, perfect. Oh my I, god, I it's, it's just like, hey, still here. Yeah, still here. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, maybe maybe like a, the the bloopers reel, you know, Some, something know. at the end bloopers, you know. There she is floating. It's me again. Yeah, <laughs> that that was pretty ridiculous. That I and it it really stole the scene for me. It took me out of the whole thing. He was getting ready to put the uh, face hugger. Isn't that the scene where he was going to put the face hugger on the captain or the captain? Oh, what, what was he it? He took him to where all the eggs were. Yeah. 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 But whatever was going on in that scene, I didn't give a shit. I wanted to see that head floating. <laughs> like, show me the head floating again, please. And I want people to walk <laughs> by it and just nonchalantly look at it. It's like, hey, just hang out here. I'll give yeah. you back. Yeah. Well, you- you know, when I walked out of the movie, I was like wondering, like, hey, maybe I can go to Home Depot and get myself a head fountain. <laughs> Some people have koi. I got hot chick heads. Yeah, that was <laughs> great. Not weird at all. So <laughs> I wanted to, before we start flagging here, I wanted to, I, I found in the midst of my research, a couple of like in the Alien franchise, you know, different facts you might not have known, stuff happening behind the scene. I found two things that I thought were especially noteworthy I wanted to share with you guys. See what you thought about that. So... In there, like I mentioned at the beginning, like the uh, best vector I would like to see with Alien Predator would be Terminator. Mm-hmm. There is already sort of a connection with Did Terminator, do, like a comic. No, no, in Aliens. So, oh. like, like Rob just said, the the, the deleted scene where you know, Hudson's talking about the pointy sticks. That's yeah. uh, that's from the cut. He um. So when Hudson's going on his things, well, before that, at one time 
I guess when they ask when uh, Ripley flip, flips out about androids and they ask where Bishop came from and blah blah blah, he says he's made by Hyperdyne Systems. And earlier drafts had yeah. him saying Cyberdyne. Oh, yes. Ooh. And they changed it to Hyperdyne. Then when uh, Hudson's doing his check it out, Ultimate Badass rants. Yeah, he makes a reference to phased plasma pulse rifles, but the weapons the Marine used were M41A pulse rifles. The phase phase plasma pulse rifles is uh, what the uh, what Schwarzenegger the T800 asks for at the gun store. A really, phased plasma oh, rifle. Okay. Yeah, so, I like I mean, this is just James Cameron doing his thing because he did Terminator just beforehand right. crossover. But the <laughs> the greatest thing I found, and this is oh, I love this, is um when when they're doing Alien, the original ending was going to be Ripley gets on the escape vessel or whatever, and then a Stroma blows up with Alien in it, and that was going to be the end. And Ridley Scott like pleaded with the studio to permit extra shooting so we could add the fourth, what they call the fourth act. But if anybody listening to this podcast knows that it's still just a third act, fuck mm-hmm. yourself. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, the finale where he's on the actual escape vessel, which is pretty cool because that's makes it a lot more visceral. But at the same time, Sigourney Weaver herself, and I'll read the what the what this thing says is uh she was gunning for an erotically charged moment between Ripley and the alien. Ooh. Okay. I I want to ask you guys what an erotically charged moment between Ripley and the alien would look like in your vision. Um I, well, Giger. Yes. <laughs> HR Giger, yes. It's already a phallic symbol. Um, I want to I, I I'm waiting for like the thing to sidle up with her when she's in the pod or something. I don't know. Spooning? A little alien yeah, spooning, little, maybe? Well, like, I don't know. I, I really don't know what... the, the uh, Like, part of it was, like, the whole breeding. Like, there was a deleted scene, I think. Not, like, they actually shot it where, as Ripley's running to the escape vessel, she finds Dallas, the, the, the captain, mm-hmm. cocooned. And then she finds the other girl, like, morphed into part of an egg. Oh, so because like, before the queen was established, that was the idea of how this thing reproduced. It reproduced by like spreading Hurting. semen all over like oh, a woman, yeah. and then yeah, yes. something like that. It, it gives a girl a facial. And... So, so Bukaki, maybe it starts the Bukaki. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it starts to give her like a fucking whitewash. That's the erotically charged moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see that deleted. That's scene. an acceptable ending in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, if somebody came out with, you know, aliens porn, I would I would be on Pornhub watching it. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's a thing I can guarantee. You know, I, yeah. I wanna I wanna see that that second mouth come out and just start chowing down, you know? Like <laughs> all about it. It says that ending was quickly nixed along with another version that would have had the xenomorph biting off Ripley's head. I kinda wanna see that one too. Yeah, I like that I too. See that. I would say yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Either one, as long as we still get some kick-ass chick in the second one. Oh, and there's also I came across this. Uh, there's a scene in Aliens that didn't even make it to the director's cut where, and it's on YouTube. I watched it where, um, when she's going to find Newt, she comes across Burke cocooned. Oh, really? And Burke yeah. is like, "You gotta kill me! You gotta kill me!" She gives him one of the little mini grenades and said, basically doesn't say anything. She's like, "Here you go," and then walks away. 
I would have been like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I would expect somebody like Burke, you know, as soon as I gave him that little grenade and I'd taken like two steps, he would have hit that thing and blown. Oh me yeah. Out. He would have taken he would be like, away. fuck you Ripley. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Jerk. But yeah, that's on YouTube. I, I, I did watch the scene. I'm like, oh, how about that? And it was kind of, it was Paul Reiser a little bit chewing the scenery too. It wasn't that the greatest of acted scene. So I can kind of see why I cut it. Hey, don't, don't knock Paul Reiser. <laughs> that's true. He I'm mad about him. He, sh- he should have been in covenant. <laughs> Burke was a mastermind all along. <laughs> yeah, some corporate bean counter schmuck. <laughs> well, but I thought that was very poignant. Erotically charged. Yeah. Makes me feel like I have to go watch all of them again with the commentary. <laughs> I have the quadrilogy on DVD. Whoa. Does it have oh, yes. commentary? Yeah, it's it's got um the theater cut and the director cut of Aliens. It's got like two I want to say two bonus discs for all of them except Resurrection. I think Resurrection is the leanest on extras, but it's a huge pack. It's uh, hmm. it's really, really well done. And I, when I got it, God, I can't even remember when I got it. Years and years and years and years ago, I did like consume it all in like a night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was one of those things where my wife was traveling. And so I had the day off plus like an overnight and I just sat down and binge watched all of it and um, damned if I didn't commit any of it to memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly the same way. And I'm, I'm almost certain that when covenant came, I mean, not covenant uh, when resurrection came around, I was probably pretty like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I can only take so much and I can't take much anymore. Yeah. And Winona Ryder as a Android was, she was my least favorite Android out of all of she them. Was, she was more human than human. Yeah. White Zombie, 1994, 93. It's from the second album, so I'm thinking like 95. Name 96. Um, no, 90, no, yeah, 95, 90. Wow, that's neither here nor there, actually. White Zombie White, rules. Love White Zombie. This podcast is officially a fan of White Zombie. That's right. First two albums. Yeah, solo works pretty good, too. Uh, they put out, because they broke up and were not very nice to each other, I guess. They had a pretty mm-hmm. bad falling out, and so they don't talk and they don't put anything out. But they did put, um, it must have been Rob Zombie, uh, by the pressure of the label, to he put out all of their early stuff, like all of it, like 40 mm-hmm. songs or something like that. It's on Spotify, and it's uh, it's not that good. I don't, I don't Yeah, know. before the studio polishes it up, it's, that always is the case. Yeah, but yeah. Well, otherwise... Yeah, yeah. Anything's better than watching his wife try to act. So, yeah, <laughs> but she's in everything he does, so it doesn't even matter. You're gonna have yeah, to see yeah. it, no matter how terrible she does or is. I mean, she's cute. Sherry Moon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherry Moon. I mean, she's cute, but she's not a good actress. No, not a good actress. No. All right, well, let's get final words on the Alien franchise. Aliens is one of the, not just the best movie in the franchise, but one of the greatest movies ever made. Agreed. Agreed. I second and third that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'd say Aliens is probably my favorite movie of all time right this very second. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, I, we've talked about it before. We go, if you go back a few podcasts, you can hear us talk about Aliens when we put it in the vault. And that movie absolutely hit me at the right time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, I don't remember if I mentioned it to you in that podcast. Um, so I'll bring it up again. You may not, may or may not remember. When I watched Aliens for the first time, I missed the last 20 minutes. 
No, oh, you didn't say that. Yeah, I it, I had it on VHS. It was on HBO. I didn't see it in the theater. Um, I was God thirteen. No, yeah, I was thirteen when it came out, and so I didn't see it in the theater. Then it was on HBO, and uh, threw a tape in, hit record. Well, it was over, and the final scene that I saw was the at the very end the uh the queen coming up the elevator and so the elevator comes up the doors open and you can't see the queen it's like she comes mm-hmm. through the smoke movie ended <laughs> the oh. doors the doors opened the doors opened and the tape stopped and so i want to say for at least a few weeks maybe even a month i thought that was the ending of the movie i thought what that's how it ended stark you know depressing endings where you think maybe the bad guy yeah. won or something right i, I mean I didn't Which are have my any... favorite movies. My favorite movies, right there. But yeah, I yeah. Terror Vision. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> uh, but without any context, I thought I saw. You know, she had escaped. She went up, and then you were left not knowing. You know, what was there something on the elevator or not? And then I watched it again. I don't remember how or why. It had to have been on HBO again. And I just sat down and watched it in that final 20 minutes with the whole fight scene with the, mm-hmm. you know, Bishop getting ripped in half and then the get away from her, you bitch. And the, the hydraulic, it, like it changed me forever. <laughs> you know, as a 13 year old boy watching that and discovering 20 minutes that I didn't know previously existed and to have it as awesome as it was, man, I'm telling you. That would be an experience I could, man, I, I envy you. That that would be awesome. Like I've mentioned this before. Uh, how there was a certain period of at least a year, maybe two years, where me and my brother would watch this. I want to say at least once a month because yeah. we would go like after school to these people's house uh, apartment, and they would, you know, they had it on VHS, and we would just watch it. And so I saw that movie over and over and over again when I was a kid, and it becomes one of those times where I don't really consciously remember a time where I didn't know that the queen was hanging onto the ship and that she was going to rip Bishop in half. And yeah. You know, like so, not having that moment where it's like it's like Star Wars. Like I've always known that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Like in my memory, there's never a time I don't remember that. So yeah. being able to experience, like know that and treasure that memory where you find that out, that would be so cool. Yeah, I, I had a very very similar thing happen to me. I saw Ghostbusters in the theater, um, and the film burned. <laughs> oh so, my god, that's yeah, actually kind of creepy. Watched the whole movie, and it was. Uh, when the uh, they blow up the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is like trying to get them, and they're like shooting at it, and uh, which is essentially the end of the movie. But the film melted. And wait, wait, wait! What's the common denominator here? Uh, they cross the Sigourney. don't watch a Sigourney Weaver movie, or else shit's gonna happen. Oh to shit! You. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's right. But um. That's interesting. I never thought of that. But mm. it was essentially the end of the movie anyway. But I went, God, probably a year and a half before I got to see that again um, on HBO or whenever it came on. But I didn't know the ending of that movie either. <laughs> I, I didn't go back to the theater to see it. I was freaking, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old. And that was, I only saw it at a theater in, uh, my sister and I saw it. My parents dropped us off at the movie theater and said, Peace out, kids. We're, we'll be back in a couple hours. See ya. <laughs> We're going to get it on in the parking yeah. lot. <laughs> Who knows what they did? Probably. But, uh, boy, I didn't I didn't get back to the theater to see it. So I didn't. I had no idea how it ended other than my friends, you know, being like, oh, no, they blew up the state of Marshmallow Man. And I can't take their word for it because they're all idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody lives. Yeah. Well, and Rick well, Moranis gets experimented on by Egon. <laughs> 
well it's nice nice to have some some nostalgia behind the movie as well and i think yeah. that's something that that does uh hold very important to all of us you know steve you, you talk about you know going over to your your friend's place there and watching it and, uh you know tom you missed the end of the movie there for a while and mm-hmm. and i i think uh you know my nostalgic moment there is uh, i'd be sitting there we had it on vhs i taped it off mm-hmm. of uh hbo and um you know i'm a couple years younger than you tom uh, but not by much and so I would sit there and I would watch that movie every day for, you know, probably four or five months. And my mom would be milling about and, you know, you know, there, there's Hudson, you know, dropping swears and just <laughs> my, mom, my mom would always say, you know, you know, those are bad words. And I go, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, that, I, do. That, that yeah. I just always remember my mom kind of checking in like, you know, the, the, that's not proper language. That was my, <laughs> my nostalgic moments. Cause I'd be just sitting there drooling on the, the edge of the couch, watching this movie. She uh-huh. didn't care about violence. She didn't care about aliens bursting from people's chests with blood and people screaming and dying and stuff blowing up. She didn't care about any of that, but, but the swear words, forbid, Heaven forbid that I say, you know, we're fucking screwed. Yeah, I That's had a American mom for you. This is this will bring it around for the Alien franchise for me. Um, but I had zero restrictions. My parents let me watch anything. They were well, other aside from Triple X, but I had no restrictions. The only time they only they told me I couldn't watch a movie was Alien when it was on oh, HBO. They wow. told me I could not watch it, and I watched it anyway. Right. <laughs> Right. Challenge accepted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, God, I can't remember. I, we got HBO in 82. I was nine and I, it must've been, I was either nine or 10. And I remember them. They let me watch literally anything that was on HBO, but then they saw alien, like the HBO guide came out and alien was on it. And they're like, no, you you cannot watch that. You are not allowed to watch that. (laughs) Suckers. For me, honestly, I want to say the only thing I was restricted for was if it was satanic. Like if it had anything to do with Satan, we were not allowed to watch it. So So, exorcist. Triple X was good for for you. Yeah. You know, if it was hardcore, no. <laughs> Actually, I lived for those days when the Spice Channel was not scrambled. Like, <laughs> I would sit there and just periodically flip because they would always do like a free week, yeah, like once or twice a year. Is this gonna be the one? Is this gonna be the yes, one? I'd be like, flip, flip, flip. <gasps> it's happening again. <laughs> Yes, and I wouldn't tell. I went to my brother. I wouldn't tell anybody because I knew if my brother knew, he would ruin it somehow. He would like let my parents know. <laughs> he would yeah. say something. I don't know. Oh, that's I don't watch it with me. Something, something awkward. I... Yeah. <laughs> Can you go in the other room? I yeah. only need a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would just be like, yes. But no, if it was, if there was, like, there was a movie, that stupid ass movie called Ghoulies. Oh yeah, yeah. I I know yeah. Ghoulies. Couldn't couldn't watch that because they're technically little demons and they were from hell, so we could not watch it. The yeah. Gate couldn't watch it. You know nothing. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what the Gate taught me is that you can defeat the final boss with a serial rocket. Yes. <laughs> Symbolism. Serial box rocket. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I love That's the all Gate. It takes. It, it the gate taught me to fear trees that had fallen over and left a hole in the ground. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and zombies falling out of your walls. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, that was a pretty good movie. I didn't have any restrictions like that, other than uh, I couldn't play Dungeons and Dragons. That oh, was geez, there's no chance yeah. I could have played that. Yeah, that that was totally the '80s vilified. 
yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. They like Satanic Panic. Satan- yeah, it was like some kid commit suicide or something while he was playing Dungeons and Dragons, and all of a sudden, I... all the eighties moms were like, "No." You know, my church, I got a lecture about how that shit was real. Like, if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you will believe you're an elf. And if your elf gets killed, you will kill yourself. But like, mom, this grown ass man looked me in the eye and told me that with dead seriousness that that would happen to me. Wow. Well, my uh, my dad, in regards to Dungeons and Dragons, just said, "That's for nerds. Don't be <laughs> a much more down to earth explanation." Yeah. No, I I fell victim to the whole satanic panic of the 80s can't let your kid listen to judas priest you can't nope. yeah it was antichrist devil children couldn't do that yeah i mean and i still did and didn't get any pushback on the music but dungeons and dragons that was shut down <laughs> all the parents words. like all the parents in town you, you mean you couldn't watch that terrible cartoon that they had on? Oh, Saturday no, the, the cartoon was great. Oh, all right. Okay. I actually loved that cartoon. I loved the cartoon, too. I thought that yeah. was I cool. never, never watched the cartoon. I, and not because I was forbidden, because I just didn't know it existed. Not until yeah. I was, oh, well, well, now past. you've got homework. Yeah. I, yeah. I should rewatch it. I should go back and watch it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's your typical uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Where they... I wasn't allowed to watch TV on Saturday, and that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Saturday morning it, cartoons. Tired in there, though. <laughs> must have been must have been really rough growing up in you know Siberia. Yeah, Detroit, same thing. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of that, I wanted to bring that up. The one trailer, the one saw. trailer. The you know, Cinemagic only plays yeah. one trailer before the movie, and it's the movie Detroit. That's yep. the name of it, Detroit, and it's about how Detroit's like this shithole place where you know no it was always been a shithole place apparently because it takes place in the 60s oh yeah that's right how look let us remind you how there were race wars in the 60s mm-hmm. and oh, boy. Uh, yeah so that movie like, which cool. just based on the i'm sitting there watching the trailer and i'm like okay the premise is that there's riots and apparently it's there's snipers shooting at cops so this fucking einstein decides to shoot a fucking starter pistol yeah that seems like a good idea yeah so then and the cops form. precipitates the whole thing yeah it's definitely they're 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 taking a page right out of the, the sign of the times with mm. you know race divide and let's feed that flame. All right. Yeah. Anyways, not political. We gotta steer away from that. That is right. Um, let's do some trivia. You want to do trivia? I got some trivia. trivia time. Let's do it. Okay. Well, who's going first? Rob's the guest. So yeah. Okay. So do we each have two questions? Is that how I it's have two working? questions? I have a question for you, and I have a question for Rob. Okay. Okay. That's not how I got mine. But okay. <laughs> uh, I have two questions, and I will let you guys decide. Uh, I've got one label as number one, one label as number two, and I will let. Whoever wants to decide to be number one, and who can decide to be number two, and you'll you'll get them. These are very uh, these questions are definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I okay, think that, I think that both of you, I think one of the questions is fairly easy. You're both fairly intelligent. I think you'll get it right off the bat. You say um, that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. Well, okay. You're the if guest. You, if you remember, you know, when you guys talked to me about, uh, you know, being a guest here on, on your podcast, I said, yeah, please dumb down your trivia because <laughs> I am absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, if you ask me about mountain ranges on Mars, I'm just going to just punch myself in the dick and say, I'm I will, retard, so I will not know. ask you about mountain ranges on Mars, <laughs> but as the guest, I'll give you the opportunity. Do you want to be asked questions first or do you want to ask the questions first? 
you know what? Let's let's get my embarrassment and shame out of the way. Go ahead <laughs> and uh, give give me your question. Ask me your question. Okay, this is my question for you. Oh God! <laughs> in the movie Gone in sixty seconds, this is the two thousand version with Nicolas Cage. Yes. In the movie Gone in sixty seconds, how many cars did Nicolas Cage's character have to steal in the couple days? Good thing he's asking you because I got no clue. Um, hold on, let me let me think a little bit about this. Uh, I want to say it was. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it was. I mean, the number was high. It was. It was. Maybe, it was. I'll I'll give it to you this way. It's a round number. It's a round number. Yeah. So is it sixty? You're close. Fifty. Fifty. Mm. Okay. So I'll give you a a bonus follow up. They. Uh, Every car that they stole had a girl's name attached to it. Yes. The final, the 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 crown jewel of the stolen oh. cars. His name is Eleanor. Yeah. What car was it? That was a Ford Mustang. Yep. Uh, GT three fifty. Um, you got it. I, I believe it's a, it was a, it was a sixty-seven. Was it a, 67? a Shelby? Yeah, Shelby. Yeah, I was gonna say the Shelby was. Yeah, yeah, the Shelby, Shelby Mustang GT. GT. Yep, yep. You got so you got it. See? Okay. Got all it. right. All right. That's a, a little bit of redemption there. That's okay. a win. All right, Steve. You ready okay. for yours? No, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna get it. How about okay, now? Hit, hit me, hit me. I yours is also a two-parter where the first part is harder, more challenging than the second part. So here we go. Excluding religious material and political material, what is the number one selling book of fiction? Book of fiction. I'll give you that. Mm. Book of fiction, number one selling all time from the from the beginning of the Big Bang. Mein Kampf. No. no. <laughs> I know. I know. No. I know you. No, 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 no. Um, um, biggest book of fiction. I'm going to have to say something stupid like the seventh Harry Potter book. No. Okay, that is stupid. I'm sorry. That's not stupid. That no, is, is like the. I'm going to punch myself in the dick. First Harry Potter book, I think, is number three. Oh, okay. Whoa. The Sorcerer's Stone, I think, is number three. It better not be like goddamn Twilight or something, because I will. No, I'll listen. I'll list on somebody. I'll I'll throw you a lifeline. I'll throw oh. you a rope here. Uh, the year was sixteen. I want to say ninety two. As non religious. Non religious. Let me. Uh, let me. Oh wait, wait, wait. Principa Mathematica. <laughs> no, yeah. but I love that you just said that. That's what Newton wrote. Something like that. I, I'm sure I butchered the title of it, and I'm sure the dates was, way. I'm sorry, off. it was 1612. 1612. Okay, that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I'm sure. 500 million sales, approximately. In oh, the neighborhood. is it something like the Inferno or? Think. A man afraid of windmills. That's not oh, Paul Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Wait, yeah. Paul Averill's afraid of windmills? Yes. It's, well, yeah. me and him are going to have talk. Ask, <laughs> yeah. ask, uh, ask uh, Averill about uh, his irrational fear of windmills. I, I, I'm gonna have I run to at them and they don't run away. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Don Quixote is the number one selling non-religious book. Wow. With I 500 million. So let me let me toss this out to you. The, the second part of the question: What is the number one selling book series? The Bible? No, non same non religion, non religion, non political. Harry Potter. 
Yes, Harry Potter. Okay. The number one selling series. Um, I asked Leslie this question earlier, and she did not get number two because she had never heard of it before. Are you kidding me? And I'm yes, and it is Goosebumps. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's still a are you kidding me moment because yeah, she didn't know. <laughs> I said I told her it was Goosebumps. She's like, "What's that?" <laughs> Now, full disclosure, I had ever never actually read Goosebumps personally, but I know exactly what it is. Yeah, but, same here. Thank and you. then I'll well, first she came out with like uh, Nancy Drew and all, which are on the list, yeah. like the Hardy Boys and stuff like that. She did get that. those, and then I said number two was Goosebumps, and she said I she had no idea what that was. And then we were talking later, and she goes something about the the author R. L. Stein, and I'm like, so. <laughs> <laughs> You know the author. Yeah. But you've never heard of the books here. So anyway, <laughs> it was we got a good laugh about that. Okay. Uh, right, did you want to go next, Rob? Uh, yeah, sure. Mine are I'll kind of boring. Next. I'm not going to lie. Okay, well, <laughs> well one, of, one of mine is, again, not challenging what I think, but the next one might be. Um, so I'll, I'll take number like, one. You'll take number okay. one. Okay. I'll Tom's take number, number one. one. So number one, uh, pretty straightforward. What is the largest rodent on earth that exists currently hmm. this day my initial reaction is like the capybara you are correct boom, boom. it's the RUSs. come on Yo, yes! of a usual shot. oh <laughs> i wish i had said that <laughs> all right steve are you ready for yours okay okay this is this is a little more uh on the the, the pop culture side so you remember the television series elf <laughs> yeah Okay, so what was the television series Elf the first to do um, in the history I, of television? I'll narrow it down. In the history of television, what was Elf the first series to do? They had four seasons uh, starting in September of 86 and ended in March of 1990. So what were they the first to do in the history of um, television? Put a midget in a furry suit. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're incorrect because uh, no, they are the first. The, the first, first show to the, the Ewok specials. So you're, you know, ah, you're damn it, you're right. What I was going to say that was on TV. First TV to show a puppet's feet. <laughs> Jeez, what were they first? Okay, um, I don't know. Break so many viewers for a syndicated show because that was just syndicated, wasn't it? it wasn't prime time or anything? I thought it was prime time, but I could be wrong. It's been a I, yeah, I might be wrong too. Else. I don't know. That's one of those shows that when you have a fondness for it, but you rewatch it years later, you want to get a time machine and slap your younger self for <laughs> wasting the time. <laughs> I hey, I had an elf sleeping bag, so nice. Know, that, that tells you anything. I so. would say they're the first one to show the devouring of a cat on air, but he never actually ate the cat. So hmm. yeah, he, I don't he, know. He, I he was all talk. Yeah. See, I thought you were going to ask me something like, what planet was he from? And I could have told you that. Melmac. Melmac. Yeah. Right. Uh, and his real name was Gordon Shumway. I remember that. Yeah. But you had to get all technical on me. I all got right? technical because I thought, I, you know, I thought you guys might. might. Uh, no, no, I, my hat's off to you. You got me. I, let's see. I think you're on the right track, though, with it being something like that. Like uh, the cat. No, no, no. no. The <laughs> Let, let me throw you a little, a little bit more of a bone here, and uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll invite Tom to to pipe in here as well. Yeah, you can you I can tag you, it if you want. I, I want you to look at the time frame again: September of '86 through March of 1990. So put a think a little more in the realm of technology, I guess, so to speak. And it was the first television series to do this. Oh, go widescreen. 
No. Go over satellite right, dish. Uh, hmm. Oh, you guys are you guys are on a good track, but go over the internet. But that would be no. That's way too no. Al Gore hadn't invented it then. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly weren't the first to be on VHS. That's not it either. So, but you, you guys are close. You guys are right on the, the cusp on this. So it's not the first to be formatted. To... It was the first beamed into Russia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First that's America, we need. How Russians ever got exposed to. That's yeah, why Vladimir during, Putin hates us. Yes. During the during the Cold War, you know, towards the end of the Cold War, we would pipe in ALF so they knew that we <laughs> we had conquered space. Yeah. We have superior culture to you. Yeah. Hide your Dostoevsky and your Tolstoy. Yes. That's a great question. I have, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was the first television series to be presented in Dolby Surround. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's a worthy that's, series to have that on. Yeah, that's, that's the one they chose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a movie too. There was four seasons and a movie. So, you know, there you and go. And a breakfast cereal and a cartoon on Saturday mornings that you wouldn't know about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. And, and I want to say there's a video bag. game too, <laughs> and at least one sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sleeping bag with a cat on it, and it's like, well, Alf is gonna eat it. <laughs> hey, Alf eats pussy. What can you say? <laughs> you goddamn right. You're ahead of your time. All right. Um, okay, minor. Like I said, minor boring. Boring. I I I could not. I kind of ran out of time, and I could not find a second one. Like I had one ready to go. And my second one is my backup one. So I'm not going to have to come up with a new backup one. Because I have a backup one in case I can't think of one or find something. So I'll give you the what I think is probably the one you have a, the best chance to get. Or at least I hope you do. And you, who's going first? Me or Rob? I See, what I was thinking I was going to throw it out there. And then I was going to see what both of you say. If you agree with each other or not or something like that. Okay, so so Tom will go first and I will go second. How's that? Okay, we can do that then. All right. And I, I would be surprised if you don't get this, but if you don't, then it is a little esoteric. Yeah, no pressure. What is, what is Hicks's name, his first name? Oh, Jesus. Because I'm bringing it to the theme. I'm bringing it to the theme. Whoa. Corporal Hicks, what's his real name, his first name? Corporal. Yes, right. He's just God, a grunt. Damn, that is a fantastic question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Th- uh... We should know this. We should know this. I will give you a slight hint. It is near and dear to my heart. Oh, Stephen. Nope. Is do they say it in the movie? Yeah, one time. Yes, he walks one away time. And when she says she says I'm Ellen when he says his name. Yes. And that's it. That's when they first meet in the apartment, right? No, that's towards no. the end. Like they it's, don't even say each other's it, names till, towards the end. Isn't, isn't it where they uh exchange that tracking watch? Is no, that... I think it's when she takes off to find Newt, if I remember oh, right. Okay. It's like that far in. Oh, okay, so near and dear to your heart. It's not Steven. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are jumping oh, wait, around. Oh, wait. Away. Make I, me feel uh, better. <laughs> Howard. Too easy. Howie? Howard. No, I see where you're coming from, but no. It's oh, not okay. Phillips either. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, what about you, Rob? You got it? You, I, I feel like it's like right there tickling your brain. but It is because I just watched the movie, not last night, but the night before. And I remember that scene. I remember saying it. And if it wasn't meaningful to me, I've, I'm certain I would have forgotten too. Uh, I got nothing. It is Dwayne. Oh, oh mother. Yes. See, that's, <laughs> you know what that is? That's a escape room thing where, of course, I should have got that. Yeah, yes. you kick yourself later. Well, I just like it. I'm like, oh, I'm well, not think, weird. 
I forgot the, the the Dwayne part, but I've remembered the second part of that 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 name appears. You know, mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, I know it wasn't Roy. <laughs> you know, Roy, Leroy. Oh, yeah. Leroy. Yeah. Yes. Wow, you've been close though. <laughs> you've been get all around it, Dwayne Leroy. Yes. Remember that name. <laughs> okay. So that's the first one. The second one, like I said, I've had this one in my pocket for a while. It's my backup one because I couldn't, I just couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't find anything. No, wait, I do. I, I have a different one. I'm going to keep this backup one. Ooh, ooh. It's, it's another Aliens one. I, I forgot I did have this one. All right. All right. So Aliens, back to Aliens. The cut scene from um, the director's cut where Burke tells Ripley about her daughter. Yep. And it's not her daughter's name. Daughter's name is Amanda, just so you know. Um, he shows her a picture of her daughter as an old woman. Can you guess what real life significance this has? Who the, who they chose for this picture? And I know uh, this is a little uh, out there, but I, I just oh, want to see if you can question. kind of guess. The woman shows it. The old woman in the picture has a real life significance to the people in the movie. One to person the, specifically. To the people? Or to, to a to person the in the movie. To one of the actors in the movie. One of the actors. I'm just loving that I can keep my emergency trivia question still an emergency. Mm. <laughs> So yes, I this and I know this is like so far out there that you wouldn't have any reason to know this, but I just I want to see if you can try to estimate what the relevance might be. I guess would be stating a relationship to an actor. Sure. Nice. Um, I have a guess, but it's not my question. I will say that that is Lance Henriksen's mother. You are very close. Oh man. You want to take a stab at it, Tom? It's Newt's grandmother. Nope. No, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Um, Bill Paxton's. Wait, no. Bill. Uh, it's a side piece. Boom. <laughs> Gilf. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll pretty much give it away by saying this. When I say actor, I don't necessarily mean male. Sigourney Weaver's mother. There you go. Okay, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. I use actor as a general umbrella term, I guess. Yeah, well, so the picture that Burke shows Ripley is Ripley's Sigourney Weaver's mother, basically, who is supposed to be her daughter. Wrap your mind around that. Future. Time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that podcast, by the way, when you guys talk about time The time travel. travel. Ah, time travel. Yeah, you guys just shooting it full of holes and yeah. pain of but, my existence, but, but still respecting what was what was. My good. favorite part of that episode is at the very beginning when I say we're coming to you from the future, and Steve at the same time I say future, he says past, <laughs> <laughs> or both, or neither. Well, I, I loved how uh, also you know you you guys were doing a podcast during daylight savings time, which which really played into the, the whole yeah. thing. And I had no idea. I we know, didn't even do it on purpose. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's let's wrap up. Unless you guys got anything else, I'm I'm tapped out. I got okay. all my factoids are exhausted at this point. Well, Rob, we can't wait to have you on again. Well, it was my pleasure. I thank you guys for having me, and uh, I enjoy you you guys' uh, podcasts, and I'll be uh, following along with you guys. You heard right. it here, the first first endorsement, one of many to come, <laughs> and it's better than an endorsement for Alien Covenant. That's uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Masters of Profundication, Alien Covenant. We got the stamp of approval over Alien Covenant. Right, I didn't have to spend millions of bucks to do it. All right, well, I'll I'll sign off. I'm uh, Newt Fazbender. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm still Bob Scully, goddammit. I will always be Bob Scully. Yeah. Okay. What do you What do you got, Rob? Who are you? Uh, I'm probably a pointy stick. <laughs> You're the pointy stick. All right. Good enough. Well, get me in your Monday right. milk. Get me in your Monday milk. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye.